Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. And welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. It's 7 o'clock in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Good morning, kids. How are we doing today? Everybody happy? Oh, great. Chock full of questions. Cardinals are now 1-5 and five on their West Coast trip after dropping... The third game of a four-game series to the Giants last night, 7-3, to was the final. Yeah, it was not great. And the Cardinals also sent Jordan Walker down. We're going to talk about that later in the show. We're going to talk to Jeremy Rutherford about the Blues. Uh, this is NFL Draft Day. We'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, we'll also provide you an, a, a pl- plenty of opportunity to weigh in on Jordan Walker being sent to the minors. The mic drop machine is open. Just use your 101 ESPN app and uh, open up the the mic drop and send us, and I'm sure there's a little vitriol out there. If you have some vitriol, we're all for it. Uh, Bring it to us with the the mic drop feature on the 101 ESPN app. Happy Friday Eve. Good to have you with us. So here's the way the things went for the Cardinals last night. They got off to a good start. Uh, the, The MVP, at least, is hitting. And this ball is whacked deep toward left. At the track, at the wall. Goldie does it again. Solo home run, and the Cardinals strike first here in the first. Chip Carey the call on Bally Sports. one nothing birds as we head to the third, and Goldschmidt got another at-bat. And he shoots another one to deep center field. Back goes Slater. Track wall, making two for Paul Goldschmidt. He's heating up, folks, and in the nick of time for the Cardinals, Paul Goldschmidt, in his last three at-bats, has homered twice, singled once, and he's driven home four runs. And he would wind up with four hits on the night, but that wouldn't be enough. Bottom of the fourth, the Giants score a pair to tie the game at two, score another to take the lead in the bottom of the fifth, a 3-2 game. As we go to the bottom of the seventh inning, a runner aboard for Wilmer Flores. 3-0 to Wilmer Flores, and he hits a high drive. Let's set it That's Dwayne Kuyper with the call on NBC Sports Bay Area. That made it 5-3. 7-3 was the final. Cardinals get four innings out of Stephen Matz. He allows two runs on six hits, strikes out three, and walks three. Jordan Hicks was terrific. An inning in two-thirds, he struck out four. He did allow a run, but Lars Newtbar, Lars Newtbar, fan club girl, uh, allowed, allowed the run. Oh, uh, don't uh, call Zach, me on. Zach, Zach, Zach yeah. Thompson oh. <laughs> allowed a couple of runs in his inning, and then Chris Stratton got strafed. Mm. Strafed is a fun word for uh, two runs on three hits in his inning and a third. You, you like see, that? Yeah, I, you, you know what's the, funny is day. late last night, all of a sudden I get a little text in our group chat, and it was you mm-hmm. pointing out <laughs> what happened to Lars Newtbar. Like, I didn't already see what just happened. I was trying to erase it from my memory. Here, though, at the Lars Newtbar fan club, we are going to be fair and understanding the fact of if somebody doesn't do their job properly, you do have to say so. And it was a big miscommunication in the outfield between Lars Newtbar and Alec Burleson. I know we're going to really dive into the outfield, hmm. but Listen, it, it kind of, yeah. Having some troubles, huh? I know, right? Hmm. It's I feel like hmm. we haven't seen enough of that this season. Hmm. Um, but clearly, clearly things are just kind of 
not going well for the Cardinals outfield. Is I, that a good is that a good way to put I, it? I or un- it terrible? Yeah. Unraveling? Unraveling. Let's think of some other some big like, fancy you, like, words. A, a uh, regressing. You're regressing. Oh. Yeah. This is uh, unscheduled rapid disassembly. There we go. I like it. For for those who who don't remember, that was uh, (laughs) what happened with SpaceX's. What was it? It was a a rocket ship or something like that. Blew up. Unscheduled. What was it again, Ron? Rapid Rapid disassembly. Rapid unscheduled disassembly. I would say so. I think that's pretty accurate for the Cardinals outfield right now. So um, I I think that that's a good way to put it. Yeah, they're, they're scuffling. Before the game, by the way, the Cardinals did announce that they have sent Jordan Walker to the Miners, and there's a good reason for this, because Taylor Motter has been such a productive player for the Cardinals, and so they re-signed him to a major league contract, and Walker will get his first taste of AAA. Here is the Cardinals' skipper with the explanation, Ali Marmol. Yeah, we're talking about superstar type of player here, and... Uh, we want to make sure that some of the adjustments that he's having to make, if you look at his minor league numbers and you look at what he did in AA, um, he was on the ground quite a bit. His walk rate wasn't what it needed to be. It could have been higher. But at the end of the day, we wanted to make sure that he starts lifting the baseball in order to utilize the power that he does have. And the adjustments mechanically that he's having to make at this level, um, it's a difficult ask, especially at his age. So we wanted to make sure that uh, that took place down below. And we trust me when we say we look forward to seeing him again soon. Uh, can we hear the first sentence of that cut again, please? Yeah, we're talking about superstar type of player here. Okay, good enough. And we're trying to change him. We, we, we don't like the mechanics what? of this superstar type player, so we're going to change him. What do you need? Hey, he, he's playing 20 games. He's got 20 hits. What more? Or, I mean, we talked about him. I have so many issues right now. I start with, with opening day. The issue being that you placed him in right field when he did not practice in right field mm-hmm. entire spring training. He played left field the entire spring training. So, Randy, Brooke, I have told you all many times that as a coach, it is our job to prepare you for the game. And in that preparation, we do things over and over and over again to the point where it becomes boring and and uh, just annoying to players because it is repetitive. Mm-hmm. We're going to repeat the same thing over and over. So if I'm in left field, we're going to take bats off the ball in left field. It's going to come off the ball, off the bat a little bit differently when you're in left field than when you're in right field. Why would I stick you in right field and then get mad that you're not having the success? Success when you haven't worked on it in a game that we've seen. Maybe you did, and I, I, I forgive me if that's the case. I'm on a rant. I, 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 you, no, I, I get it. And can you? Because uh, I forget. Um, who's who plays serve for the Cardinals? Um, who's the Nolan, main? Uh, Nolan, 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 Nolan. Arnado, 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 Arnado. Third last year. Third, MVP. Yeah, he was a really yeah, good player. Uh, last year, you've got Jordan Walker in the minor leagues at mm-hmm. Springfield. And what position is he playing? Third. Third base. Third base. Yeah. Was he going to play third base for you? No, no, probably not. Why the hell not move him to the outfield then? He probably should have. And if here's the, the, the big overarching issue. If the Cardinals evaluated him in 30 games in spring training as being ready, and then in 20 games of regular season found out that he couldn't do it, they don't know what the hell they're doing. If you, they they don't understand the evaluation process if they don't see didn't see those mechanical issues that they dislike during spring training. Yeah, I I there's a lot of lot of issues with it in the way of when you say that you you know he's a superstar. You know where I like my superstars in the majors. In, in the majors, because here's the other thing. Last night the Cardinals as a team with just eight hits. Paul Goldschmidt accounting for four of them. Mm-hmm. That's some superstar behavior. Here's the thing. 
Jordan Walker, why was he here? It wasn't because of his defense, right? It was because of his bat. And to me, he was executing that. You could argue, yes, it was a little bit of a mini slump, but he had a 12-game hitting streak prior to that. And also, you're sending mixed messages. He was good enough to be here on the opening day roster. He was essentially executing the role that you wanted him to, which was his bat, right? He was here for his offense in a lot of ways. You could I know that. Let's let's call it what it really is. There is an outfield log jam and you need to figure out who the other guys are who are going to be playing around him cuz look, Jordan Walker, we know he's going to be back soon. Ollie even said that yesterday. We'll see him soon, probably June and July, but the question is now who are the other guys that are going to be around him because they're not performing in the way that they should be. This whole outfield carousel is not panning out like they were hoping for, even though you wanted depth to be a big thing for this Cardinals team. Let's hear from John Mozeliak, and I know Kerry's got something to say here, but here's Mo. I think a lot of um, our outfielders were wondering like when they were going to play, if they were going to play, why they were going to play, and now this will give them a little bit more certainty moving forward as well. Remember the other day when I said you go to the locker room and you if your jersey is not hanging mm-hmm. up in the locker, you know you're not playing. Mm-hmm. Literally, it seems like every day they were. It, it, it's it's like Russian roulette. Am I am I in today? Am I out? Am I gonna make it? Am I? It, that is that is nauseating for an athlete to try to figure out. I want to go back to the superstar level caliber mm-hmm. athlete okay. and not being in the major leagues. Randy is is. Do you think that they they feel that way about um, Dylan Carlson? Well, not sure, right, not, not right, right now. No, no. But here's here's Tyler uh, O'Neill, co- coach of a question, co- question of a coach. Okay, if you have a superstar quality player, you admit that he's a superstar quality player, and we assume that you're trying to win games. Don't Man. you have the superstar quality player playing? Brandy, let me tell you something. I, it, it's funny when when parents get you know, my son. I, I, I want every one of y'all kids to go to Alabama. What does that say about me? If they can go, if they're that good, if they're good enough to go to Alabama, Georgia, uh, Notre Dame, I want all of them to do that. They all can't. So I'm going to play the best players that are going to give us the best opportunity to win the game. And if Jordan Walker, you had him playing in left field all of spring training, he was working on that, and then opening day, you stick him in right field. I even said the reason why I felt he was playing left field because I thought, oh, well, Newt, when Newt gets back from, from the World Baseball Classic, he's your right fielder. Mm-hmm. You got your outfield set. We're good to go. And now here we are. 20, are we 25 games in right now? Is it yes. 19 to yeah. 6, 9 yeah. to 16, 25 games in? And we are trying to figure out what is going on with your superstar athlete being sitting down. And and it's it, for me, it's a mess right now. It's just not enough cohesiveness they are not coming together as a team they are struggling mightily and it's frustrating for me and i'm sure it's frustrating for all of baseball all of cardinal fans out there that have to watch this cardinals outfield last night lars dupar 04 and he had a walk and he's hitting 222 alec burleson another 04 tyler o'neill another 04 here's here's the thing is you even talk about and everybody's like okay well What about Dylan Carlson? This is a great question because I was wondering that too because John Mosellock said yesterday Lars Newtbar is pretty much going to be their center fielder. And that didn't exactly work out great last night. The communication wasn't there. To me, are they just throwing in the towel with Dylan Carlson? Because that's what it almost seems like you're signaling if you're saying beforehand he's not going to be, well, we're looking at another guy to be our center fielder. That's what it feels like. 
and three months of baseball ago, you wouldn't give up Jordan Walker and Dylan Carlson to get Juan Soto. Now, three months of baseball later, roughly 90 games, you've changed that determination that Dylan Carlson and Jordan Walker can't play for you. So why not go out and get Juan Soto? Why not try to make your team, because clearly you're better in terms of getting veteran players and having them perform at a high level than having players develop under your watch, young players develop under your watch. So if you're trying to win, why not go get the veteran guy? Yeah. I, I mean, there's there's a lot a lot of just glaring issues and questions that I know that we'll have to dive in here. But Jordan Walker, this isn't fair to say this is a demotion. He, in my book, did everything that you expected him to do, what they even, I would assume, expected him to do. And it's just that this whole outfield experiment did not work out. The carousel didn't work out. We know that the Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Rays like to put out a lot of depth and you know do a lot of different lineups. And Carrie, how do you feel about that? No, that that apparently no. is not working out no. at this moment for them. And this is them admitting that this has nothing to do with Jordan Walker. Everything to do with this outfield carousel is not working. And here's the biggest red flag for me. I find this to be really, really alarming. It's not that they think he's a a superstar player. It's that they think that they can turn him into what they want him to be as a superstar player rather than what he is. Here's Ali Marmol again. Yeah, we're talking about superstar type of player here. And uh, we want to make sure that some of the adjustments that he is having to make, if you look at his minor league numbers and you look at what he did in double A, um, he was on the ground quite a bit. His walk rate wasn't what it needed to be. He could have been higher. But at the end of the day, we wanted to make sure that he starts lifting the baseball in order to utilize the power that he does have. And the adjustments mechanically that he's having to make at this level, um, it's a difficult ask, especially at his age. So we wanted to make sure that uh, that took place down below. And we trust me when we say we look forward to seeing him again soon. So somebody texted in with the 217. I think this is very important to bring up. It's a demotion based on defense. No, it's not. What did he just say there? That it's supposedly with hitting, that there are certain things that they want him to work on. If it was a motion based on defense, what is happening with the defense that's out there currently? Because your best defensive center fielder is Dylan Carlson, and he's not playing. It's not about defense right now. And by the way, he mentioned the walk rate that they weren't happy with at the minor league level. Jordan Walker had a 388 on base last season. It, it, it It's nauseating for me because rather than moving him to the minors, why not move him up in the lineup to see if he gets better pitches so that he doesn't feel like he has to chase them? How about trying that first? That would have been, that would have, I would have tried that. I would have tried moving him up in front of Goldie, in front of Arenado. I would have tried to move him there. And, you know, instead of moving him down to the minors and saying, okay, go work on this. We talked about it. Where are the better coaches at? No offense to anyone no. in, in Memphis, right? No offense to anyone in minor league. You know, the, the better coaches should be at the major league level. So why would you send someone to get worse coaching instead of getting better coaching that you can receive every single day? At the end of the day, Kerry, Brooke, the Cardinals have one of the toughest home ballparks to hit home runs in, and Jordan Walker just wasn't hitting enough, hitting enough fly ball outs. So that that's what the Ali Marmol comment tells me. Coming up, we want to hear from you, your texts, your mic drops. What do you think of the Cardinals sending... Uh, Brian Jordan down. No, this is Jordan Walker. <laughs> they never did this to Brian Jordan. They let him turn into a player. It's crazy. Uh, that, that's next on 101 ESPN. You're back.
back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. are fired up and we're proud of it we're proud of the best listeners in baseball uh, if you have if, if you have, if you have best listeners in sports BLIS, if you have a mic drop that you'd like to add just don't curse and send it to uh to matthew <laughs> no please, cursing. please. I, no cursing. I, I, please don't. I found i found the answer and it's something that that you brooke randy rock none of us thought of the cardinals this is from the 636 any chance the cardinals think that they're in on the bedard sweepstakes <laughs> they they are be, working to get Bedard. They, 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 the Blues tank hard for Bedard. Yeah. The Cardinals are in the same boat. Yeah. What, what is the saying that they have when they put out <laughs> statements together? It's like one team, one city. One or team, something one like that. city. One city, one team. Right, yeah. We're in this together. Yeah. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, can we can we ask a uh, wild, wildcat? Wildcat, right? Yeah. <laughs> can we ask a question? Why why um why not Juan Yepes if you're going to bring somebody? Yeah, up? Why not? Swell guy. I mean, according to to one Albert Pujols, he's going to be the next best thing. Could hit a thousand home runs. A thousand. And not only that, but he was your offense in the playoffs last year, so we know he can hit in the clutch. Yeah, he kind of was. Yeah. Why not him? That long playoff run. I don't know. That long, long. That was. I don't even remember all those games. It was (laughs) (laughs) so many. (laughs) This is. uh, Are we gonna get? I think we should get into the sick of it, guys, because that's. We're gonna move that to seven thirty. Is that to seven thirty now? Okay. So now we're just gonna take a deeper dive into. You bring up one. We want listener reaction here. We want people to wait. I I do think you bring up a good point because people are texting in about that. Where is Juan Yepes in this situation? You know what he was doing last night, Kerry? What did he do? He had a three-run bomb hmm. last that been night. Good mm-hmm. if it, for the Cardinals, St. Louis no, Cardinals, not the St. Louis uh, Cardinals. I oh, wish, but we no. would have won the game. If <laughs> yeah, he had a three-run yeah. bomb for us last night. Uh, yeah. Uh, from the 3-1-4, they're trying to give more at-bats to O'Neal and Carlson, the two players that they're trying to trade. Walker will be up once one of those two guys are gone. And I think Matthew looked it up yesterday. In the first month of the season, there have been five major league transactions, all for cash. Teams don't make trades until we get to June at the very earliest. And most trades are made in July. So the Cardinals are going to be waiting a while because teams just don't. And the Cardinals, I would think, will be looking for pitching unless they're looking for a, a way to replenish their minor league system i would be surprised if they would make it be able to make a deal in may and move one of those outfielders so randy i i i brought this to your attention and and it's intriguing that you're essentially you sent jordan walker down and now you're going to try to figure out which three of these outfielders are going to play the best play your best i need you to play your butt off mm-hmm. so we can trade you like mm-hmm. <laughs> that that's yeah. essentially what you're what you're asking from uh, or don't play as well as the the second best of the three you play your butt off mm-hmm. as well so we can trade you if you're if you're one of those guys right now what is your mindset you already heard mose like say they came to the office every day not knowing if they were going to be in out what they were going to do now you're going to come to the office every day knowing oh i went three for four i guess i'll be traded soon oh i didn't go well i might not be playing tomorrow it's it, it's the 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 mindset 
of an athlete is we need to have structure and we need to know we are creatures of habits. Mm-hmm. We need to know what we're doing, where we're going to be every single day. We saw it last year towards the tail end before the trade deadline, how people were frantic, wondering if they were going to be traded for Juan Soto. It's going to be the same thing again. Yeah. And now you just have your best player in the outfield in the minors. Well, it's just all of this is very confusing. And the thing is, is there is a lot of questions to come out of this. One that I've been thinking about this morning is, do you think there's a lot of things they we talked about how they wanted the depth and we thought, okay, this will be a really good year of you have depth. You have a lot of talent to really kind of utilize them, be strategic about it in different situations. We know that they said that. Well, now that's just not working out in the outfield. Do you think that they're worried about this outfield situation and not making the wrong move because of their past history? I mean, look at Randy Arose Arena. You look at Adolis Garcia as well. Do you think they just don't want to have that same situation? And I'm not rationalizing any of this, but I'm trying to, I guess, make sense of what exactly is going on here with the outfield? I do think they're, the Cardinals have more players from their system in the major leagues than any other team in baseball. So clearly the Cardinals can evaluate talent organizationally. The problem is properly evaluating the talent that would be best serve your team. But to your point, Brooke, I, I think that there is probably a sense of being burned with the Rosa Arena trade that still exists. And the other part of it is they think these players are good. They, there's nothing wrong with thinking they're good. It looks like Alec Burleson, if given time, can be a hitter. We know Dylan Carlson has talent. Dylan Carlson was third in the Rookie of the Year voting just two years ago, and he's just going to turn 24 this week. Uh, we saw what Jordan Walker can do. I think Lars Newtbar has shown himself to be a pretty talented player. So I don't think it's an issue of a lack of talent. It's properly evaluating the talent, figuring out who should get the lion's share of the playing time. So why is Taylor Motter here then? We're getting a lot of texts in about that. Yeah. DFA Motter because he sucks and bring him right back? Question mark, question mark. That is a very good question yeah. because to me... And I thought this was interesting. They said this during the broadcast yeah. last night that Taylor Motter, his agent, knew that he wasn't exactly going anywhere. So when they DFA'd him, uh, he said, stick around. They're going to need you here soon. Yeah. And when how long has Jordan Walker been sitting out? Yeah, for the better part of a week. So that that those are two separate things. Number one, I have a tendency not to worry about the 26th guy on the roster that's going to get less than 100 at-bats. Are you going to play Motter ahead of Arenado? Play him ahead of Edmund? Play him ahead no. of DeYoung. Is he going to play or uh, Goldschmidt? Is is he going to play ahead of one so, of those outfielders? So I don't really worry about Taylor Motter being on my team. So maybe that's why Juan Yepes stays down, so yeah. he can get those, continue to get those reps. I, I, yeah. I look, but you know he's not going to be. You know that Yepes is not going to be an everyday guy. Why not have him coming off your bench? Perhaps they want him to get the reps. There's a there's a lot of <laughs> questions. As far as I can tell. Yeah, it's. I, I think we tend to overthink it, especially with the DH, with the 26th guy on the roster. That guy's not going to uh, – unless you really messed up, that guy should not impact your team. That Because you're not – whoever it is, whether it's Yepes or Mater, he's not pinch hitting for Nolan Gorman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe my whole thought process with this is we, we want the momentum to swing in the right direction here. And what's the best way to do that? Winning games, not just one game, but stringing together some wins. At this moment, I want every guy available that is going to be capable of providing that for you. That That's fair, but I also think that organizationally, do you want to to hold players back from getting better by sitting on the bench at the major league level? 
because you don't get any better if you don't get at-bats. Mm-hmm. And, and so you've got 22, 23-year-old guys, that 20-year-old guys, that you want to get better. Uh, at the end of the day, the end of the day. Um, not great. No, it's not. You know what? Uh, let's, let's get to our mic drops next, Matthew, shall we? We'll do that next because we know what you're sick of. We yeah, really do. I feel like it was going to be a pretty, pretty strong <laughs> consensus out there. Yeah. So uh, your, your mic drops coming up next on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. heard and uh, your wish is our command here on 101 ESPN with Brooke and Carrie. I'm Randy and we do have some 101 ESPN mic drops. If you've never downloaded the 101 ESPN app, you should do so now because not only can you leave us a mic drop, but you can also hear all the interviews and all the segments that we do all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Center. Let's hear from Kevin here on 101 ESPN. If the Cardinals are not going to play Jordan Walker, then they've got to send him down to Memphis. Does him no good sitting on the bench waiting around for an opportunity to bat. If there's room on the bus to Memphis, he should go ahead and take Dylan Carlson with him as well. <laughs> Kevin, uh-huh. I think that's where we all are, right? Jordan Walker needs to get reps, but we all think that he's one of the three best guys to play in the Cardinal outfield. Do we all agree with that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that's the. I think that's the most troubling part of the whole thing is you got five and you and you need three to play. And he's one of the best three. So why send him down? Why why not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got hey, hey, you four guys, y'all gonna be platooning and figuring it out. And if you have a hot streak, we'll leave you out there. If not, this young kid is gonna play it because he's shown, he he's actually been the most consistent of the five. Yep. And so I don't I don't I, that part for me is is a little bit mind boggling and and it's troubling. And again, the most alarming aspect of this to me is that. Ali Marmol said, we're, we're going to try to change him. We're, we, we don't like the way he hits, and we want him to, to change the way he hits. Let's hear from Scott here on 101 ESPN. Let me get this straight. We send Jordan Walker down to the minors, and our best coaches are up in the majors. So our best coaches can't work with Walker, so we send him to our minor league coaches? Big question mark right there, Mo. And who the heck does Taylor Modern know? <laughs> I mean, he's not that good. Jeez. Uh, 
go-karts? Oh, <laughs> question mark. Uh, Taylor Moderate does have great flow boat, by the way. Hey, you know Tell what? Mater. Every Every superstar, well, I, I think you. it's safe to say that I think Brendan Von, Donovan is pretty good. You know, he's he's a decent guy. So every guy needs to have, like, their stunt double or their backup, mm-hmm. you know, their stand-in. That's, that's what Taylor Motter is. Literally, they look identical great if you call. look at them on yeah. the field, right? Yeah. Maybe that's all it is, that's guys. No, there's nothing else to look into there. <laughs> it's fine. It just needs, you know, somebody as a stand-in every once in a while. Here's a friend of the station, Janet, on the Cardinals. I don't have anything against Burlington playing DH, but he cannot be out in the outfield. He is too slow. He doesn't catch the ball. He can't catch up to the ball. He misjudges the ball. God bless him. Why are they doing that to that man? He should not be out there. He's a DH only. Don't disagree. He, he's not showing himself to be uh, the, the Tyler O'Neill. The Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, he's not. I said that in the spring. He, he's. I think he's a fine gentleman. Mm-hmm. He's a. He's a. He's a hitter. God bless for the for the DH. Him in in left field or or right field moving around. Eh. I, I like my outfielders a little bit more athletic, a little bit more fluid, and able to get places a little bit faster. And uh, while that is the case, if he's going to be that way, then he just has, has to be a bigger bat than he's shown himself to be so far. And again, I'm, I'm sure he's just a wonderful human being don't know the young man but I'm, I'm sure that he's he's a great guy but the fact of the matter is if you look right now Alec Burleson even uh with his deficiencies he's hitting 232 with the 699 OPS so he's not tearing the cover he, he's not Manny Ramirez you're not making up for the de- the defense with Manny Ramirez type offense here I, I agree Randy is 618 made a, a text and, and I'm just going to summarize it I, I hope my mind will explode if they put Brendan Donovan in the outfield at any point in this in this stretch, he did. if they put yeah. him in the outfield at any point during this stretch, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it because you got you, you told me you had to send one down because you had too many, and if you add that one there because you need to give somebody a day. Yeah, <laughs> oh, not, Randy, not great. what if they're listening to? Janet and now Burleson's at the DH and Gorman's at second base, so Donovan's playing in the outfield. I will lose it. <laughs> well, without getting into all the details of it, I mean, dealing with people with lower incomes wasn't something I particularly <laughs> look forward to, frankly. <laughs> I'm an idiot. It's, a, it's still a good one. It's, it's, it, it works for some reason. I, I don't so know why. so random. <laughs> I, I didn't know what happened. I'm usually an advocate for sure. Mic drop. Uh, let's let's hear from Matthew. Not our Matthew, but another Matthew who is a mic drop on 101 ESPN. I can understand sending Jordan Walker down to Memphis. I really can. He wasn't getting playing time up here, at least not consistently enough. And I do think Memphis was the right place to send him to go and work out these kinks or whatever it is they're wanting him to do to get right so that he can contribute to this team. However, Taylor Motter, really? You DFA'd him, 29 other teams or more did not want him, and he's the one you bring back over a Juan Yepes? I mean, what is what did Yepes do? You see, look, Matthew Matthew understands. I will say, CD and I looked at each other. At first we thought it was John Mosaic undercover, but then he kind of, he what he said there at the end, that's it not John Mosaic. It could still be him. So if you guys think we, that the Cardinals have too many bats now, 
What makes you think that what what's the impact of Juan Yepes going to be if he's on this roster? I don't know that they have too many bats. Do they? Can you have too many bats? Well, he's not playing the outfield, right? No, he's not playing DH over Gorman. No, he's not playing first base over Goldschmidt. I don't. Well, think. I mean, they get days off often, so Goldie, Arnado, yeah. DH, they'll, they'll you, both you play will, 140 to 150. You'll games. find some 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 days so, in there. So there's your impact for him. I think I think games. a lot of us saw thought that that he would be a good candidate for DH. I mean, even Albert Pujols brought that up as well. Yes, I, it seems but like he kind of passed the baton to him. With where you are right now, do you DH him over Gorman? Mm, I think Gorman's that, your best hitter right now. Yeah, that's true. I to me, I, I think hitter. that something. I feel like something's better than nothing, other than Taylor Motter, aka Brendan Donovan, stand in. And, and I. Well, I respect the thought process. I just don't think that the 26th guy on the... Uh, he's, he's literally the 26th guy on the roster. I, I think we're talking about minimum impact here. I think we need to be talking about more important... <laughs> taking nothing away from the importance of Juan Yepes. But I believe that Jordan Walker playing every day, finding out about whether or not Dylan Carlson or Lars Newtbar is your center fielder, getting Tyler O'Neill going, what can Alec Burleson do, let... Nolan Gorman continue to ascend. You know who's going to, you know, Edmund's going to play, you know, Goldie's going to play, you know, Arenado's going to play. I think you need to be more concerned about the guy that actually, the guys that actually impact winning and losing on a day to day basis. Two things. I'm just going to say this. Last night, Cardinals with just eight hits last mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. Paul Goldschmidt accounting for four of those. I would. I don't think too many bats is necessarily a bad thing sometimes, especially if we knew that this offense was going to have to be the thing that carried the Cardinals forward, the thing that was going to be that whatever they hang their hat on. We thought that it was going to be the lineup, the Cardinals offense going into the season. Also, two, the, the thing with Taylor Motter, do you think this also – factors into with him being able to fill in in different situations, especially in the infield, is that them saying that they think Paul DeYoung can only play short, even though they said in spring training that they would like to kind of have him more as a utility guy? I'm, I still think that they're showcasing DeYoung. I don't think that they're planning for a future for him to be here. Uh, he had two more hits last night, including a double. And I, I, I don't think that Paul DeYoung is being utilized here to be with the Cardinals after the All-Star break. I think that they're showcasing him for a team that needs a shortstop. How, uh, and by the way, one of the top five defensive shortstops in the game. My my question would be is, what is the record by the time you get to the All-Star break? And I don't know if because they care will about it, that. Will it matter? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, seriously, I, because if you are, we, we talked about this before, if you're so far back in the standings, right now they're eight games back in the NL Central. It is extremely hard. 10, 15, you get that far back, you can cancel the season because it's you're, you You have to win that many games in a row and that team has to lose that many games. Or you can chip away, but if you're if those are good teams, really good teams in front of you, they're not going to lose uh, 7 out of 10. They're going to win 7 out of 10 and you're going to have to win 9 out of 10 to try to keep up, to try to catch up. It's almost impossible if you continue to allow this this lead to get so far out of hand. Yeah, I, I mean, Wayno even said that. that I mean, Wayno, okay. what was that, last week, Wayno yeah. brought up like, yeah, you know, the Brewers are still pretty good because you can't really exactly underestimate them. And we brought up the Pirates yesterday. The Pirates have looked better than they have, I felt like, in recent years. Mm-hmm. What, what was that record I sent you guys last night that they, what did they do? Oh, Pirates stole, stole six, six bases. bases in a game tonight, last night, for the first time since 1989. Oh, man. 
I don't like when teams like the Pirates are making more positive headlines <laughs> than the Cardinals. Uh, by the way, just a blind taste test. Uh, would you rather have a 253 average with a 687 OPS, or would you rather go with a uh, 456 average with an 845 OPS? Blind taste test there. How many games? I'm going to go with the second one. Matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Nah, it, it matters. If it's three games yep. Yep. <laughs> versus you 25. You know what he's doing. You see, you know what he's doing. Yeah, he's exactly baiting he's us. Doing. Oh, wait. You, oh, you. Just keep well, swimming, okay, guys. Let's look at this. Just keep swimming. Who, who gave you a better chance to win last night's game based on the weekend? Who's hotter, the Young or Donovan? Uh, the Young, right okay. now. That's what I thought. Yeah. Three games. Why, why not? To play him until he falls off the cliff. Because he's going to fall off the cliff. Play him until he falls off the cliff. I don't have a problem with the infield. I mean, I want Tommy Edmond not to boot balls at second base yeah, if too. he's there. Um, but I don't really have an issue. I think Brendan Donovan is is going to be the odd man out regardless because when Mason Wynn comes up, Tommy Edmond is going to play second base. So it, that's not a it's not an issue for me. I know who my corner infielders are. I'm pretty secure in who my, my middle infielders are. This outfield is a cluster. Mm-hmm. And it is a, it, it's just not, it's not, it's not good. And the, 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 the understanding as an athlete, trying to get to work every day and understanding if I'm playing, there is a level of frustration when you don't know. You got 162 of them and you expe- expect to play in 140 and yeah, I'm not dressed today. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't, I'm not, my jersey's not up. I'm not going to, I'm not in the lineup. I don't know. That to me is, is. One of the toughest things you have to deal with mentally as an athlete, figuring out how to process that every single day. Look, I have something that will solve all of our problems. Somebody texted in, put Tommy Edmonds out there, but they spelled it like Jim. They spelled it like Jim Edmonds. So when you're like combining (laughs) Tommy Edmonds. So he's a left-handed hitter that has like a 950 OPS. It's a lot of home runs. Okay, I'm good with this. I think I think we've solved the problem there. Eight-time Gold Glove center fielder. That'll work. It hits. We'll take it. Uh, coming up next, we've got Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. Send in your text to the Air Comfort Service text line, which is 314-399-9646. If you're using the letters on your phone on that little keypad, 314-399-YO-HO. Teoli is next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. want to say something? Put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in test 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. Text lines open, 314-399-9646. Take it or leave it. Brooke and Carrie, the primary reason for the Cardinal struggles is the manager. I'm going to leave I'm going to leave that. Based on your assessment that all of those decisions are made prior to the game. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave it. Um, so, Randy, I don't know if you all saw this. The Milwaukee Bucks took a loss last night and uh, to the Miami Heat. Miami Heat scored with... 0.5 seconds left, and Coach Mike Budenholzer didn't call a timeout uh, before going into overtime. He 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 didn't he he didn't take it or leave it. He found the loophole that he could carry that timeout over into the next game. That's why he didn't want to take it. He's going to keep yeah. that extra timeout. Use that baby. Yeah, just yeah. use it for the just next one. Yeah, uh, they don't have another one. He's going to be on Cabo at one point. <laughs> uh, Waitress. 
Time out. <laughs> oh, he's going to burn that time out at some point. Mm, yeah. All right. Uh, take it or leave it. Maybe I'll just put this out there as a blanket thing. Um, when you start to go back on your word, say that you're in a team, work, group environment, you say one thing and then it starts to kind of come back to haunt you and it's not exactly like panning out and then you are doing things differently than what you said before, that could create a lot of confusion amongst a team atmosphere. I will take that. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that as well. I think that's safe. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying anything. I'm no, just, I'm just saying. I just, it's, just saying. Just saying. Nine and mixed six messages. Yeah. Mixed messages. Mixed messages could lead to hard finding an identity mm-hmm. in a work environment or you know team environment, whatever they may be. Yeah. It's important when you are in leadership to make sure that everyone has clear cut, you know, directions, directive to what they are supposed to be doing, what their expectations are, mm-hmm. and, and what their requirements are. And if those directives are not issued properly, clear, then then clearly, concisely, then then those who are receiving said directives could be lost, mm-hmm. and therefore your product could potentially suffer suffer drastically. Mm-hmm. Let's get to your texts. <laughs> Here is Matthew Rocchio. Take it or leave it. You're hitting the panic button so hard right now for the Cardinals. Their season is looking almost identical to the Blues. I'd rather hit the panic button early and turn the ship around than wait until the Blues try to do it. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, take it. Yeah. I'm hitting the panic button. Me too. And join the panic bus. Is that is it is it loading up? Oh yeah, we got me. Take it or leave it. We need to find the witch that put the hex on St. Louis sports. Hey, oh, take I, that blue moon. I, blue, I, I yeah. tweeted blue that out Earth. last night. I was like, somebody put a curse on the Cardinals because it's it's just weird at this point. Well, I don't know. Maybe you could, you know, put it towards certain things, but at the same time, it's it just feels very off. Where's Miles Michaelis and his sage? Yeah, and would Mike Schultz do that to us? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Could you just imagine that if he did? <laughs> he finds like a witch doctor. And I don't know why you, you say that now, and I'm a like a piece of Mosaic's hair. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> alongside Aaron Rodgers, I can picture Mike Schilt dating somebody named Blue of Ivy. Oh no, but Blue Mike's Earth. happily married. He's, he is married. Yeah, his uh, and his, his lovely wife, regular listener to the opening drive on 101 ESPN. That was a great story. What happened? Take it or leave it. Ollie deserves some of this his, this blame for his constant shuffling, but 80 percent of the issues for player performance fall on Mo. If we're thinking the team. Needed just some low-hanging fruit out of tide of two or three big-name guys. I think the it goes anytime you're struggling, it starts at the top. And anytime you're successful, it starts at the top. It's, it's just the rules. I don't make them. I just abide by them. That's how it goes. When you're having success, it trick, it's a trickle-down effect from all of the wonderful things that you're able to do. And right now, they're not having much success, and you can – you would have to look directly at the top and say what needs to be fixed in order for them to be better. And I, I will put the onus on the front office here because they're the ones that put together the roster and they're the ones that put together the lineup every day. But I do think that we need to be rational here. Would no, and can we all agree that the Dodgers are one of the two or three best organizations in baseball? 
Yes. Yes. Would Nolan Arnauto start for the Dodgers? Yes. Would yes. Tommy Edmonds start for the Dodgers? Yes. Would Paul Goldschmidt start for the Dodgers? Yes. yes. Would Jordan Walker start for the Dodgers? Yes. yes. So it's uh, it, this is not low-hanging fruit. This is a really talented team that's just not performing. Well, Jordan Walker ain't starting for the well, Cardinals. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Brock. I was going to interrupt you for one because I just thought this was a really good take it or leave it. I'm going to frame it in this way, but philosophical differences, take it or leave it, analytics are killing the human element of baseball. Oh, take it. Totally take it, yeah. We mentioned it You're yesterday. saying no? Why are the old school Rock managers a numbers winning? guy. Yeah. I just Rock don't, likes I just numbers. Think, Rock, I just, Rock loves those numbers. They, they, there are, they're, you know, and the one thing I like more about sports than analytics and numbers is, is the team building aspects. And there's just, I just see too many problems with, with team, with, with, Construction and, and decision so, making that then I, I think focusing too much on the numbers and heck maybe that's what it is maybe that's what I'm I'm not looking at it. maybe the team building problem is the analytics. on the field <laughs> issue. Maybe it's the team building projection factor. I want to go back to the comments and, and your and and mine and Brooks. I think we all share a belief about the fact that when a, a team is put together. It's, it can't be based on numbers. And th- there's three comments that I always go back to. And one of them is Whitey Herzog saying that my guys are going to know exactly what their role is. And every player on that team, when you talk about roles, every player on, the, on Whitey Herzog's teams knew what they were going to do the next day. When they walked in, they knew where they were, they were going to be on the uh, when the lineup was yeah. set up. Joe Torre always said there's a heartbeat to the game. And what he meant by that was, we, we can look at all the numbers we want, but these players have hearts, their yes. they, blood and their their skin and their soul. And then Tony, they're men, not machines. What the analytics movement has tried to do is make these players machines. They think they're robots rather than human beings that have feelings, they feel pressures, and they deal with the exact same issues mentally that we do. And Tony always said... I want to be able to look a guy in the eye, and I want to know what his stomach is. And I don't think that analytics considers that part of it. No, I, I think that I think you're right in a lot of ways. Of I think that the reason that analytics has just really stepped to the forefront is because it helps with contract negotiations. Mm-hmm. It helps yep. with putting a price. It helps with dictating what a person maybe should deserve because you say well I have all these advanced analytics that tell me that this is where you're going to dip in a few years and by this this point you're going to do this and you base it off that you can't factor in the human element of all that though that's that's the part where it gets it wrong and I want to make one more quick point and I wish we had the cut right now but remember after the first game last year of the playoffs against Philadelphia. And I don't even remember if it was a pinch hitter, but Ali said something like, yeah, there was a 68% chance of him succeeding there. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember no, that. It was something like that. It, uh, there, he was giving us a percentage. I don't need uh, your percentage. I, 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 you know, Tony, another thing Tony always said. <laughs> by the way, Tony has the most, second most wins in the history of the game. Three, mm-hmm. Three-time world champion. He managed, uh, so he managed the 89 90 88, 89, 90 World Series. He managed in those three. He managed in 04, 06, and 11. So he managed in six World Series. And Tony, a classic baseball guy, said, trust your gut. I got to trust my gut. And I don't think that there's any latitude given to managers now to trust their gut. I think there's only true, two true outcomes of a batter at the, at the plate. You either get a hit or you get out. Mm-hmm. That, that, I mean, that, you, maybe it's a sacrifice and you get to move a guy over. But those, you're either going to get a hit or you're going to be out. Or walk. Or walk. Okay, so you got three outcomes. Yeah. So, so Three two, true outcomes. T- 
That, that's pretty it. easy. Pretty easy. Pretty simple. Yep. Uh, that is Take It or Leave It. Coming up next year on 101 ESPN, we've got more. You, you people have gone crazy with the mic drops, and we do appreciate it. <laughs> uh, we're going uh, to get to those next with our fresh take here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. In St. Louis, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Brooke Grimsley and Carrie Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. A lot of discussion today about the Cardinals sending their prized rookie, Jordan Walker, down to the minors so that they can change his swing, which seemed to do pretty well in getting him to the major league level. But now Ali Ali Marmol, if we can get that Ali Marmol cut, if you haven't heard it yet, Ali explained why the Cardinals are sending Jordan Walker down. Uh, this is a guy that, by the way, had a 388 on base last year in the minors for the Cardinals. So he, he wasn't terrible. And here's the explanation that Ali Marmol gave for the Cardinals sending Jordan Walker back down to the minor leagues. Yeah, we're talking about superstar type of player here. And uh, we want to make sure that some of the adjustments that he's having to make, if you look at his minor league numbers and you look at what he did in double A, um, he was on the ground quite a bit. His walk rate wasn't what it needed to be. He could, could have been higher. But at the end of the day, we wanted to make sure that he starts lifting the baseball in order to utilize the power that he does have. And the adjustments mechanically that he's having to make at this level, um, it's a difficult ask, especially at his age. So we wanted to make sure that uh, that took place down below. And we trust me when we say we look forward to seeing him again soon. So I'm not, I don't have a problem with wanting the young man to to utilize what he has his power and, and, and driving the ball as opposed to hitting hitting the ball on the ground or or swing and miss those are things that obviously if if he can get that corrected you have a much better baseball player and you're going to be a much better team I will have an issue if you start tweaking things with his stance with his hands and and if if all and and it it doesn't work out in a way that is going to allow him to have the success that he has had his entire career. And your major league manager just said, we're trying to change his mechanics. Yeah, that, but, that that's that's the part that bothers me. Well, my whole thing is, I still just don't think that it has to really, truly do with that. Because then also you have John Moselock yesterday speaking about how basically there is kind of a log jam in the outfield and they're needing to figure that out as well. I mean, if we have that sound of John Moselock, do you have that rock? Uh, he'll pull that up here in a second. I think that that is more of what's going on here. I think Jordan Walker did what you brought him here for, but now this whole outfield carousel is not panning out. You need to figure out. All he did say, we'll see him soon. Okay, June, July, we'll we'll see Jordan Walker back here in the bigs. The question is, who are going to be the other guys with him in the outfield? And they need to figure that out, and they need to figure out in a hurry because this isn't working out. This is what Moselock had to say about the outfield competition. I think a lot of um, our outfielders were wondering like when they were going to play, if they were going to play, why they were going to play, and now this will give them a little bit more certainty moving forward as well. Seems like communication was one of the hallmarks of the hiring of Ali Marmol. Players don't know why they're going to play or why they're not. It seems I don't like, like that. I don't it, like the phrasing of no, that. No, I, I remember spring training games, being down in spring training, and 
both Whitey and Tony would go to a player and say, hey, you're in the lineup tomorrow, you're hitting fourth. It's that simple. All you have to do at the end of a game, hey, you're, you're in there tomorrow. By the way, one other thing about the mechanics. Jordan Walker last year had 500 and, uh, let me get it here, 536 plate appearances last year at Springfield. Why didn't they notice the mechanical issues last year when he had the 536 plate appearances at Springfield? Because it's, it's not the, about mechanical it's, it's issues. The better pitching. But Ollie said they're changing them. I'm saying I'm saying there's more going on than that, and it's not. This is not a true demotion. We typically, I feel like, when you're sending a player down, it's for a variety of reasons. It's defense. It's <laughs> offense. I feel like this is not an actual true demotion. This is we need to send you down. There's a couple things because even you brought this up on in the group text too, Randy, about the fact that you know sometimes you send guys down because the energy's not right. It's not exactly the best learning environment for them to be in when guys are just trying to figure it out, and you have a lot of losses and not good losses. Is that an environment, a great environment for a rookie to learn from? Two, they they have to figure out the other pieces surrounding him because this competition yeah. is not involving him. It's O'Neal, it's Carlson, it's Newt Bar and Burleson and figure out who's going to take the other two jobs. If I am Jordan Walker and former athlete here and he's a current athlete, I don't give a damn what they got going on in terms of why are you sending me down because you need to figure out about them. You better figure out about them when they get their opportunity while I'm still playing. This is not, for me, it seems it seems just absurd for, for, for him who we all thought was going to be the the we still believe is going to be the top prospect the top player a superstar as as Ali has said if i'm that if i have shown that if i started my my rookie career off with a 12 game hitting streak no i'm not lifting the ball i've hit a couple of home runs i've hit a couple of shots a couple of doubles but i'm not hitting it to the term to the tune that you want me to let me work through it you you said in spring training that's the one thing that you that made him make the roster is the fact that he was able to adjust mm-hmm. when things weren't going well. And so you instead of giving him a chance to adjust, you sit him down for three games and then you send him down? That That's that's crazy to me. How do you guys like a nefarious motive conspiracy theory? Okay, Uh-oh. what you got? He goes down for three weeks and the Cardinals will have him for another year. See, I don't. That will, that will upset me. That will upset. Uh, it will upset, upset a lot of union. people. Yeah. That will upset. Yes. But that, that's, with the history of baseball, you have to believe that's part of it, right? That will get you to to. Those are the things that when it comes time to resign in a place, mm-hmm. that's why you don't resign. Yep. Because you did that, Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant. That is. Those are the things that when you start doing and playing those games, those those little mind games with athletes. Oh, we're gonna we're, we're making a business decision. Oh well, now it's time to sign. Why don't you sign this deal? No, I'm making a business decision now. You made one. Now I get to make one. And so when you start playing those little games, it can come back and bite you in the butt later on. And I love the word nefarious, by the way. Let's get to a couple of mic drops. Matt has joined us on 101 ESPN. I am very perplexed by the sending down of Jordan Walker. Uh, I know he hadn't just absolutely tore it up recently, struggled a little bit. But honestly, I was encouraged because uh, something that I always look for and, and something that stars have is that even when they're struggling, they're still piecing together hits here and there. And, and that's what he was doing. No, he wasn't tearing it up. He wasn't hitting home run after home run. But even though he was struggling, he was still getting on base at times. He was still putting the ball in play. He was still getting singles here and there. And that told me that even his down streaks weren't going to be detrimental. 
and I really felt like he was getting ready to bust out of it. I knew something was up because when you don't play him two or three games in a row, that goes against everything you've ever said or done when it comes to young prospects. That is a great call, Matt, and very well said. Well, and we do we do keep getting texts in where it's like, well, he's cooled off recently in regards to Jordan Walker. You know who else has kind of struggled? And I'm, I'm not saying that you send him down. Obviously, you won't. Nolan Arenado. Mm-hmm. You know who else has cooled off and hasn't performed well recently? Tyler O'Neill. You know who else? Lars Newbar. You know who else? Dylan Carlson. You know who else? Alex Burleson. You know who else? Brendan. That's what I'm saying is <laughs> there's a lot of guys that you can say have cooled off here 100%. recently. 100%. Let's get to Lisa, who joins us on 101 ESPN. Morning, favorite station. So here's the deal. Our pitching staff is not good. It's not going to be that good probably all year. So what we need behind them is what the St. Louis Cardinals have been known for is called good defense. Put your best defensive team out there. We're not hitting anyway. Get Dylan Carlson in center field and keep him there. Let him play center field. Let's get some solidness up the middle, and that includes center field. Get him in center field. And honestly, Newport's not hitting anyway, and Carlson would catch that ball last night. And one more thing, Marmol is in over his head. You heard of Mike Yo? It's time. Uh, Lisa. The new bar comments, them fighting words. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I just wanna, I wanna say this. He, they say uh, Jordan Walker cooled off his last three games. He was five for what is that? Seven, ten? Five yeah, for, he cooled off five for actually 10? before last five for last four, last fourteen days. One ninety two with a four eighty one OPS. Last seven days though, he gotten hotter with a three thirty three batting average and uh, an OPS of nine twenty nine. So yeah, this is a difficult one to reconcile. It really is. It's and and Brooke, I think at the end of the day, you're right. There are uh, there are circumstances where the Cardinals do want to because they haven't had, had time clearly to evaluate the outfielders that they have, and he is the convenient scapegoat for them not having enough at bats available yes. to evaluate everybody. Well, and now so. Another key word, if we're, we're dissecting what Mosellock and Ali Marmal said, notice that Mosellock said that players were or were not having, what did he say? Something along the lines of they were saying they didn't have enough opportunities mm-hmm. of when they knew they were going to be in the lineup. Now that excuse is kind of thrown out the door, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's gone now because now Jordan Walker, that's one less player that's taking away at bats from you. That's another person that is not there in that competition for the outfield. So now you are going to have to, you can't use that as an excuse of why you're not consistently playing well every single day or when you get your chance because Walker's not there anymore. He's not taking away time from you. So now it's going to be up to you to perform. And I think that they're hoping that that will kind of see when, who from, I guess, when the cream, where is that going to rise from? And who is it that's going to come out on top? So is it Newt Bar and Center? Uh, Tyler O'Neill in left and, and Burleson in, in right field? Is that because Newt's playing center now? Is yeah, that, I, I is would, that the, the understanding yeah. that we have? Yeah, well, until he dropped that ball last night. <laughs> that could, hey, Dylan Carlson, did, didn't he do that? Yeah, the but I, the, the Cardinals are kind of reactionary here. And I would I don't disagree at all with Lisa. The best defensive center fielder that they have is Dylan Carlson. And if you want to win, you have to be strong up the middle. And their best right now defensive group up the middle is DeYoung, Edmund, 
Carlson, despite what Tommy Edmond has endured over the course of the last week or so. And that's what I was saying earlier, is that that's signaling that that's not necessarily their focus. Defense is not necessarily their focus because we all know that Dylan Carlson is your best center fielder defensively mm-hmm. out there. So by Moselock saying that we're going to see Lars Newtbar kind of more exclusively in center, that's them saying we're not putting that as our priority. We're trying to see other things. My question is, what do you think happened with Dylan Carlson that he has fallen so much out of favor with the Cardinals where he's not really in that conversation? They, and this is why I get concerned about Jordan Walker, because they tried to fix him. And he third in the Rookie of the Year voting two years ago. 2022, I mean, no, 20. 21, 2021, third in the Rookie of the Year voting. He's a really good player. And granted, he had some injuries last year. But why can't they fix him? That's alarming. Brooke, Carey, Randy, coming up on 101 ESPN, we've got our bird watch for you. Stick around for that. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the opening drive. Jordan Walker sent down by the Cardinals. It's time for the Bird Watch. And Brooke and Carrie, I think one of the things we have to look at is Stephen Matz as a Cardinal now. After last night, another four-inning performance where he was not great, he, as a Cardinal, has pitched in 20 games, 15 starts. He's 5-6 and six with a 5.59 earned run average. He's thrown 74 innings in his Cardinal career, allowing 82 hits. And he has, to his credit, struck out 81 and only walked 23. But a pitcher with a 5.59 earned run average isn't even a number 5 starter. He's making $11 million a year. And what the Cardinals got when they got him was the hope that he could be a reasonable back-of-the-rotation guy. That's a going price for a back-of-the-rotation guy is $11 million a year. So you'd hope that he could give you what he gave the Mets in 2019 when he threw 160 innings. He was 11-10 and 10 with a 4.21. He's nowhere near that. A 5.25 ERA last year, now a 6.23 earned run average this year. And I do think over the course now of two years that we can safely and reasonably say that Steven Matz is a problem. <laughs> Yeah, it's, see, I guess we, we've been so focused on everything with the outfield that it <laughs> that, that wasn't even something that you even looked at last no. night. Is that kind of a positive that starting pitching <laughs> is not even something we're talking yeah. about right now? I, even though we should, but there's so many other grander issues. issues. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> what a shift. Mm. Yeah. 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 And by the way, uh, five starts for Matt's this year, 26 innings pitched. So he's averaging like <laughs> just over, just they over five bad. innings per start. <laughs> They can only address one thing at a time, Randy, right? I should throw that out there. I think I've I've given him, I've got enough of a sample size now that I believe he's a problem. Yeah. Brooke said, what a shift. Yeah, I know. I said, take out the F. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Glad I'm the only one who heard it. Get a bird noise. Uh, my bird watch, if we are going to look at kind of, you know what? I was going to go positive. I was going to give a shout out to Paul Goldschmidt, which deservingly so. He figured out, you know what? If nobody else is going to do it, I'm going to do it myself. If only he could also pitch for the Cardinals last night, then they probably would have won the game because out of the eight hits, Paul Goldschmidt accounted for four of them. He's doing MVP-like things. 
great to see that from him. I don't know what's going on with Nolan Arenado, and that is slightly concerning to me. But with Nolan Arenado, you know the caliber of player he is. You just figure that he works that out. Now, is that something where he needs to sit a day or he just plays through it? That's my question. And a couple of years ago, Nolan Arenado, before, in his last year with the Rockies, had a shoulder injury. And granted, it was the COVID season, so uh, you kind of throw things out the window there. But 48 games for Nolan that year. He had 253 and had a 738 OPS. This year, he's hitting 260 with a 662 OPS. I wonder if that shoulder injury has popped up again <laughs> mm. for him. Yeah, well, and people were, we, we kind of talked about that Monday, this past weekend. People were pointing out he looks like. I don't know how to describe it. The play, it just looks like he's less confident mm-hmm. that something is going on there. Yeah, he's struggling. and and But I think you you have confidence based on his track record. He, he will it'll, – it'll get corrected. It'll get right. And, and they'll be back into uh, – he'll be back in the swing of things. Hope so. Yep. Do we need another bird sound? We do. There we go. My bird watches one Alec Burleson. So you send Jordan Walker down. Hmm? Obviously, for obvious reasons, right? That we are clearly un, uh, don't know. <laughs> They'll come to us eventually. We'll, we'll figure that out. But Alec Burleson, in his last nine games, has gone over in six of them. And so here you are. You, you one of them. Take out one of them because he had a walk against the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks in, in the fourteen to five win. Two wins in those nine games. Seven losses. Zero hits in six of them. If you're gonna be here and you're gonna send the the, the superstar prospect down. All eyes are on you when your opportunities come up. Let's see what you're doing that re- that warrants you being here and Jordan Walker not being here because Jordan Walker has done nothing but hit in his opportunities. You, sir, haven't. So we're going to see how well he performs when he's given these opportunities. Should he yeah. be in right field going forward? No. <laughs> I just I can't figure out why Alec Burleson's here. I I keep forgetting to even bring up his name. That's how much I'm forgetting that he's even a part of this conversation. But sadly, he is a part of this conversation. And that's why I keep saying this demotion is not even really about Jordan Walker. It's figuring out what in the world is going on with these other guys. And Alec Burleson, I'm sorry. I I know that you said this earlier, Randy. I'm sure he's a great guy. <laughs> he looks like Rip from Yellowstone, but he didn't even know who that was. And that was the first big disappointment that I had with him. Because <laughs> literally, when he first came up, we said that to him. We were like, you, you look like Rip from Yellowstone. He's like, who's that? And I'm like, oh, oh my no. God, are you serious? And then since then... I've continued to be a little bit disappointed as well in his play. (laughs) Started there. It started there. And I I just wonder, because I I wondered when he actually made the team, why, based on what he did in spring training, I I wondered why he had made the team. Let me give you the spring training numbers again for Burleson this year. Um, Hold on. We'll get him. Uh, he hit like Burlington, he hit less than 200. Burlington. Yeah. Burlington. Burlington. Factor. He was, uh, where, where is it at? He's two, yeah. uh, 444 OPS. Yeah. Or slugging, sorry. Yeah, not great. Not and, great. and he was, it was 270. It ended up being 276 average. Okay. 764 OPS. Yeah, okay. 764. Yeah. So it wasn't terrible. It yeah. Wasn't but just it was surprising that, that he made the team. I think we all were when, remember, we even said that whenever we found out that he, he made the team, we were all like, oh, yeah. okay. Well, maybe he's, because we thought that Yepes would yeah. for sure make the opening I think day that's roster. The name we thought and for we, sure. we yep. brought that up. And then we we're like, well, I guess maybe they're seeing something we don't. Clearly I, still seeing something know. we don't. 
I have I, I like this text that came in that we can add to our bird watch. World Baseball Classic just took all of our evaluation time away. So we're just using the first month for some additional evaluation of our outfielders. Perfect. Let's tell the uh, the Brewers and the, and the Pirates that well, so they can slow down. Thing. <laughs> the only outfielder that was gone was O'Neill. Yeah. Right? Burleson was at spring training. Walker was at spring training. Carlson was in spring training. Uh, Newt, no, was well, Newt was gone. Newt, Newt was, was gone. gone. But you knew what Newt yeah. was. You knew what Newt and, and, uh, and uh, O'Neill are. Or aren't. Well, I mean, if we're just going to use the first month to to get ourselves corrected, we just got to make sure that the NL Central understands that and they slow down just a tad. Cardinals are eight games out of first (laughs) in the Central and five games out of the wild card. So the wild card is still attainable, but the Cardinals are in, they have the second worst record in the National League. Only the Rockies have a worse record in the National League than the Cardinals do. (sighs) And the Cardinals are a game and a half ahead of them. But everybody else... Everybody else in the National League standings ahead of the Cardinals, and that's just something that you can't get away from. That's, I, I would suggest that, that that's what we call troubling kids. Troubling. That's how baseball go. That is. And the Pirates, by the way, have the best record in the National League, along with the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> just like you would thought, this everything was going to shake out, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> wow. So. Yeah, this is not good. No. But, you know, hopefully still time. 25 games in. I don't know yeah. what that percentage average is out to. Like you said, though, it gets late early. <laughs> yep. Uh, coming up, hopefully I'll be better than the Cardinals in terms of the one-loss percentage. <laughs> oh, it is time for the fight. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd probably have to lose every fight for like five I, years in a row. I was going to say, you, to oh, get God. under 500, <laughs> to yeah. get eight games. Oh, well, right. Maybe. You, you, I you're mean, killing Yeah, I mean, there's... It's like roughly the 240 fights a year. I think we've done the fight since uh, 2011. So it's 240 fights a year for 13 years. And I think last year you lost 16 times. So basically what he's saying is he ain't got a chance. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. <laughs> he went 224 out of 240. Well, the bludgeon. Coming up next. I'm one of ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe Listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Randy Kerry Davis joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Brian. Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. I think you and I are doing better than Brooke. She's a little upset that our Titans might be moving up in the draft <laughs> and possibly selecting, selecting one Will Levis. We'll Brooke's, see how it goes. I was hoping it was a fake account, but it's, it's actually true. <laughs> Brooke's team. Brooke's teams are struggling today. Oh man. Uh, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> All right, Brian, you ready to go? I am. All right, here we go. Albert Pujols and Stan Musial sit atop the Cardinals list of walk-off home runs with 12, but who owns the all-time Major League record with 13? Is it Jim Tomey, Tomey, David Ortiz, Mickey Mantle? Ooh. I will go with David Ortiz. 
Say it one more time. David Ortiz. On Tuesday, St. Louis City SC played in their first ever Open Cup game. Which principal founder of the AFL is the tournament named after? Lamar Hunt, Bob, Bob Halsam, or Bud Adams? Lamar Hunt. Happy birthday to baseball, Jesus, Chris Carpenter. Carpenter finished second in the Cy Young voting with, in 2009, but which NL award did he win that year? Was it the MVP, the Gold Glove, or the Comeback Player of the Year? Gold Glove. Last night, the Suns combo of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant became the second ever to score 25 points each in every game of a best-of-seven series. Which Lakers combo is the only other duo to do it? Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant, Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Jerry West, or Elgin Baylor? And Elgin Baylor, uh, Baylor sorry. Uh, Kobe and Shaq. All right, we'll double-check those scores and bring Randy Carricker. Brian, how you feel? Uh, horrible. Horrible. Was there any any sport in particular you were looking for? Uh, I was hoping for NFL draft, and uh, oh. I could not get any. <laughs> are you going to be watching the draft tonight? I will. Who are you rooting for? Who, what, who are you looking to see? Uh, well, I'm a Chiefs fan, so okay. it'll uh, be interesting to see what they do. But uh, I imagine uh, Ice Young to pick at one. Ah, uh, well, if he if he's not, it's going to be chaos, <laughs> and I'm all for chaos. Who chose? <laughs> Randy yes. Chouse. Randy, say hello to Brian. Brian, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We do appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Randy, here we go. Albert Pujols and Stan Musial sit atop the Cardinals' list of walk-off home runs with 12, but who owns the all-time Major League record with 13? I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that that record belongs to Peoria, Illinois' Jim Tomey. Jim Tomey, I believe, has the most walk-off home runs. On Tuesday, St. Louis City SC played in their first ever Open Cup game. Which principal founder of the AFL is the tournament named after? Okay, I am uh, probably not going to go with Leon Hess. <laughs> probably not going to go with Al Davis. Um, probably not going to go with Gene Klein. Gene Klein. Did you know that the San Diego Chargers... Now the L.A. Chargers are not named after the electrical current. They are named after the American Express card. No way. Yeah, Baron was it Baron Hilton that owned the American? I think he was the original owner, actually, of the Chargers. Owned American Express, and the Chargers are named after a credit card. The American Express mm. charge card. I believe the answer to this question, however, <laughs> that was is a roundabout, is, it was a yeah. roundabout way. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Who, who is it? I'm going to go with Lamar Hunt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How the hell did you get Lamar Hunt after that? That, that was, was interesting. interesting. I, I knew it. I just wanted to get oh. the, uh, the, the Chargers name in there. Oh. And it, that was the only way oh. I could do it. Okay. Was it? Uh, <laughs> let's see. Chargers first owner. Was it Baron Hilton? Let's make sure that we have. I don't want to misinform. We're going to put a pitch clock uh, on. Baron Hill. Baron Hill. Thank All you right. very much. Yes. Happy birthday to baseball Jesus, Chris Carpenter. Yes. Carpenter fi- finished second in Cy Young voting in 2009, but which NL award did he win that year? Okay, I know it, it's. It wasn't the comeback player. It's like the. Uh, give me the, the lifeline here. It's like. It's M- the, go ahead. MVP? No. Gold Glove? No. Comeback player of the year. Comeback player of the year. 
In 09? He missed 07. He pitched in 08, did he not? I'll, I'll go with comeback player. It certainly wasn't the other ones. So I, I'll go with comeback player of the year. But I thought he won that. I think it was like the Tony Canigliaro Award for Spirit or something like that, whatever. But I'll go with comeback player of the year. All right. Hopefully no controversy today. Last Hopefully and final there question. is controversy today. <laughs> Last night, we've had enough controversy. Last night, the Suns combo of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant became the second ever to score 25 points each in every game of a best of seven series. Which Lakers combo is the only other duo to do it? I'm just going to go with the instinctive Shaq and Kobe here. I don't think that Magic and... I don't think Magic did it. It, Maybe you had a worthy Kareem. Maybe you had a a Kobe Powell. But I'm going to go... The the chalk here is definitely Shaq and Kobe, so I'm going to go with that. We have a winner in today's fight. Does Randy Carricker move on with his plus 900 winning percentage, or are we going to have to send him down after today? Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. I'm sorry, Brian. Randy Carricker beat you today 3-1 to one in the fight. No problem. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Let's let's go through those questions. Albert Pools and Stan Musial sit atop the Cardinals' list of walk-off home runs with 12, but who owns the all-time Major League record with 13? It is, in fact, Jim Tomey. On Tuesday, STL City played in their first-ever Open Cup game. That is, of course, the Lamar Hunt Open Cup. By the way, the uh, group was announced yesterday. Not a a favorable group for St. Louis City SC going forward in the Cup. Every group's a favorable group when you're St. Louis City SC. There you go. Okay. Mm -hmm. Happy birthday to baseball Jesus, Chris Carpenter. Carpenter finished second in the Cy voting in 2009, but he did win the National League uh, Comeback Player hmm. of the Year, uh, an award that Major League Baseball <laughs> themselves started giving out back in 2005. What are you doing there? I Why love you when laughing? Rock starts scrambling, looking for answers. Just I was double sure. I was like, I'm sure. pretty sure. <laughs> so he missed it. He uh, pitched the opener of 07, so I guess he must have missed 08 pretty much too, which um, I didn't remember. Because remember, opening day of 07, he leaves with the elbow, and then a month later or whatever, a month and a half later, has the... Uh, the Tommy John. So, uh, yes, he, he pitched uh, one game in 2007. He only pitched four games okay. in 2008. There you go. Down and then he had the 2.24 ERA at yeah. 34 years old. Uh, <laughs> last... By the way, can, can I just give a little go for bit it. here? That uh, 2009, when he didn't win the Cy Young Award, is when Rammer had the famous set to with Keith Law. And Keith Law said, I travel over, all over watching these pitchers. And Rammer says, well, why are you wasting your time? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do it all from here. Uh, last night, the Suns combo of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant became the second ever to score 25 points each in every game of best of seven series. The Lakers combo, who's the only other one to do it in a, in a four-game sweep of the Warriors in 1960, it was Jerry West and Elgin Baylor oh, yeah, who combined okay. to do that the Lakers combo. So a 3-1 win for Randy today. Again, Brian, thank you so much for joining the fight and joining the show today. Yep, Thank you all very much. Have a good one. You too. Thank you very much. Good to have you with us here on 101 ESPN. The NFL draft is tonight here on 101 ESPN. Coverage starts at 6 p.m. Some rumors floating around that are very interesting. We've got NFL news and notes for you coming on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. 
The NFL Draft tonight here on 101 ESPN, and we anticipate that Alabama quarterback Bryce Young will be the first selection of the Carolina Panthers. They traded up with Chicago to get that pick, and it would be a massive upset if it's anybody else, even though the Vegas odds have changed a bit. Bryce Young is still the the prohibitive favorite to be the guy, and the Panthers would be nuts to take anybody else. Yeah, they would be, and, and, you know, this is how drafts go up until the moment of of that pick actually coming in there's still some anticipation kind of waiting to see who will be called because if Bryce Young for whatever reason is not selected first overall and let's say a a Will Levis or Anthony Richardson comes in and and takes that first overall pick it's going to be chaos after that Mm -hmm. there are going to be teams calling phones ringing people trying to move up you know there's going to be a lot of movement trying to take place um and and then the Houston Texans, who have been taught, who who we've heard, they may not even be taking a quarterback with that second overall pick because maybe they want Bryce Young. It, it just will fall in a different way, and, and it'll be interesting how how it all plays out today. And we don't know how much juice D'Amico Ryan's has, the new head coach of the Texans, but we do know what he did with the defense in San Francisco with all of the pass rushers. So whether it is going with Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson, it would not be out of the realm. Of, it would be outside of the the DNA of the Texans to take the defensive player and then maybe get the quarterback a little bit later. Because, I don't know, if if I have the second pick, I'm I'm not super confident in any of these quarterbacks. I am confident in the defensive linemen. Yeah, I'm not really... uh, I don't know that this is a quarterback draft where you're you're clamoring for that guy at number one. Um, It's going to be if they do decide to go in the route of of taking a defensive player, Will Anderson from, from Alabama... I think that's a sound pick that you can justify because you expect him. He's played well throughout his entire career. Had he been able to come out a year ago, he would have been a first-round pick, and he just kind of stacked more plays on top of of that this season. So he's a great football player. I think he's a, for me, he's a little undersized for a true defensive end if you're in a 4-3, but if you're in a 3-4 outside linebacker type of body, he is a guy that can get after the quarterback and cause trouble for opposing offenses. So I want to circle back to something you just said a second ago. You don't think that you would get a quarterback in this draft? Like this early on, if you had the opportunity, just say that you traded up for, I don't know, the number three pick. Would you Would you? Yeah, I, I probably, would you take that I, I, No, I, I mean, C.J. Stroud I like. Uh, Bryce Young I really like. I don't know if I like Will Levis enough to move up to the third spot, which your, your uh, Tennessee Titans have reportedly been been in talks of doing <laughs> and so the Titans fans are enraged right now because we're trying to figure out what is going on yeah <laughs> this is that's what happens when you're a franchise that has struggled at that position for so long you you begin to reach and so with with D'Amico Ryans and, and being Texans and being his first year he has time he he doesn't have to necessarily overreach for a quarterback they still got Davis Mills now he's not outstanding but you can you can get a get by with for a year with him and then figure it out next year if you get more pieces around those that quarterback eventually and he's a staff he was on a staff that went to a Super Bowl with Jimmy G and also obviously last year had the success that they had yeah. with Brock Purdy. You don't Third necessarily need to get that guy yeah. in the first round. A uh, couple of other draft notes for you. Jalen Carter, if you aren't aware of it, down the stretch, great defensive tackle from Georgia, but he was a witness to a car accident in which a Georgia staffer and a Georgia player died. Apparently he was drag racing against them, lied about it. Now, 
he's an extraordinarily talented player. There's a lot of speculation that the Seahawks will take him at number five. That he has said now that if it's not the Seahawks at number five, that he will be taken by the Eagles. The Eagles have told him that they'll take him at number ten if he's available. Well, I mean that that Eagles defense is uh, a problem in the middle. They got some big fellas that that do not move, and so if he gets to the Eagles, they are just restocking and reloading and putting themselves in a in a position to uh, to go back to another Super Bowl. I like that pick for the Eagles. I don't know if he falls that far. Had he not had the issue with the, um, you know, it was it was the drag racing, obviously the teammate and the Stafford mm-hmm. passing away, and then not being honest about what took place is really what caught him up and, and started having questions about his character. And you never want to have those issues. Obviously, that's a tragic situation that he's got to deal with for the rest of his life, knowing that his friend and another friend passed away in that accident. Um, but hopefully he can learn from that, not have any more missteps, because he will be under scrutiny for his entire career, at least for the beginning of the beginning part of his career. One of the most talented players to come out of the draft in recent years was Chase Young of the Commanders. Then he got hurt, but boy, what a stud when he's healthy. And the Commanders have decided to not pick up his fifth-year option. He can become a free agent after this season. If he has a, a season that he's capable of, if, he, if he's healthy, he's going to get big, 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 big money. Yeah, they'll probably franchise him, though. Yeah, if yeah. he does outstanding like he uh, he's capable of doing, and it'll cost them a little bit more money. But um, if he makes it to the free agent market, there's a coach in Pittsburgh that I know really liked him coming out of college. And, um, you know, if he's able to get to a situation where he's out of Washington, out of a, a bad situation in terms of how the organization is run. Um, but I, I think Chase Young is, is an outstanding football player. And healthy Chase Young will be a, a – a multi-million dollar player, highest paid defensive end in the in the league. And the problem with him is that he has been hurt and basically missed the last two years. The Jaguars have high hopes for 2023, but their left tackle Cam Robinson uh, reportedly is facing a PED suspension to start the season. He, according to John Shipley of SI.com, will be suspended for the first six games for utilizing performance-enhancing drugs. And He's a big part of their offense. If they don't have Cam Robinson, they might have to look left tackle in the draft here. Yeah, I don't know. Did it say how many games he would be out? It looks like six. six. Yeah, you don't want to be without a left tackle, especially with that offense, what they've added in in getting um, Evan Ingram, re-signing him to a franchise, and then getting Calvin Ridley. You got the guys down there that are Zay Jones and, and Christian Kirk and then Travis Etienne. Those guys are an explosive offense for Trevor Lawrence. You need your left tackle. You need a guy that's going to keep him mm-hmm. clean and keep him upright. And they are a team in a division, and and Brooke knows this, that is that is probably going to win that division because that division is in, in need of two teams that need a quarterback. The Colts and the, and the Texans still are in need of a quarterback. So I think the, the Jaguars are, are the really runaway favorite as long as they stay healthy and, and yeah. take care of their business. And I hate that. It, it pains me inside, but it is true. I mean, Trevor Trevor Lawrence has, it seems like a really high upside, and you like the way that things are trending for him, and it seems like he's getting more and more of those pieces surrounding him to help him out in that way, too. And you're just, you're looking at the AFC South where it's just like, why can't the other teams figure this out? And maybe this is just me specifically looking at the Titans. Why can't you figure it out? It seems like it would be so easy to run away. In the FC yeah, South, right. and you just can't. You're not doing anything. I don't. And somebody pointed. Play. Somebody, te- yeah. Somebody texted, and Ryan Tannehill is actually not that bad. He's not. But is he a quarterback that can take you far or even to the playoffs? 
He's. I think he's good enough for regular season, but Titans fans will tell you we got burned here he, recently. He did by a few him. years ago. And then the wheels fell off against the Bengals. Interesting thing about that division: the owners are Amy Strunk, yes, Judd Kahn, left something to be desired there, uh, McNair, uh, Cam McNair, I think mm-hmm. is his name, and Jimmy Ursay. It's not the most illustrious group of owners <laughs> in that division. You're saying Maybe? if if no. if they were walking down the street, no one would know. Yeah, they no. would know who Jim Ursay is, probably. Well, Maybe. Yeah. Amy's done a better job in Tennessee of actually being around for a while. The big issue that Titans fans had with her and her family is that they were they just stayed in Texas mm-hmm. essentially, yeah. and then they would come up and visit every once in a while. I think Amy realized that that was an issue, and so she actually made that more of a priority recently to be around more, which I think is good and helpful because if you're owning the team, I think people want you to be in the state that they're in because then people get concerned, yeah. rightfully I'm, so. <laughs> yeah, they're right. <laughs> and by the speaking of uh, teams where you don't trust the owner, uh, the LA Rams tonight have the 36th pick in the draft, uh, the uh, a second rounder. They have a third rounder, number 69. They have another third rounder, number 77, and then they don't pick again until the fifth, number 167. So it's possible that the Rams will probably, not probably, perhaps trade out of 36 or 69 and try to accumulate more picks later in the draft because that's how they roll. And they got Jalen Ramsey for, uh, or they gave up, they, they got a pick for Jalen Ramsey. Who they trade him to? I don't, I don't they, even remember. Yeah. Dolphins. Dolphins, that's right. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that was the third rounder that they got. So the NFL draft tonight here on 101 ESPN from Kansas City, and the coverage starts at 6 p.m. Next up, we've got more of your mic drops from the Cardinals' demotion of Jordan Walker yesterday. That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a rush hour reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. Yesterday, the Cardinals sent down Jordan Walker and they brought back Taylor Motter to the Major League roster, signing him to a Major League contract, and then subsequently went out. Paul Goldschmidt hit a couple of home runs. Cardinals took a 2-0 lead, wound up losing 7-3. I'm proud of you, Randy. Uh, of what? You said that with a straight face. Oh, they Motter? Sent to- down Jordan to- Walker. They sent down Jordan Walker and brought up Taylor Motter. You said yeah. it with a straight face. Like, you, 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 I'm proud of you. Thank you. That, 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 was, <laughs> yeah. that was really professional of yeah. you. Yeah. Toe, yes. toe mater. It had to be a toe, joke, right? No, it's, it's, no, it's true. Oh. It's true. That actually happened? That happened, yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah, that is something that uh, we wow. weren't anticipating. But, uh, yeah, it it actually was something that occurred mm. yesterday. Yeah, not great. Intriguing. Well, it's we're not going to say it's not great. We, oh, well, we, we, I, you don't have to. Okay. I, I will. Uh, Jordan Walker was has done all of the things correctly since he's been here. Mm-hmm. He is uh, um, not great. Thank you, Mo. He is probably your well, not probably. He's, he's he's your best outfielder at this point, and you sent him down. And so it's confusing to me when you're trying to figure out if are 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 you trying to win or are you trying to give guys opportunities to play so that they can be traded at the deadline, which is cool. But you're going to be so far behind that you're not going to win anyways. So what difference does it make? And I wonder what 
And obviously the Cardinals, have, they always fall back on that 2011 history, right? Of being 10 and a half back in September and being able to win. But it's the last time that happened. And I don't think that they can count on this team coming together. This team doesn't have Chris Carpenter to get the team ready over to his house to say, hey, let's not embarrass ourselves. Let's just keep playing here. They don't have that guy. Adam Wainwright might do that. But you need somebody that's really gritty to lead the way like Chris Carpenter did in September of 2011. I think so, it's unrealistic to think you can be 10, 12 games back and make a push in, in August. Yeah, it's it, it does it's not happen. real. Well, no, and it, it was like a it, when they did it, what year was that? 2021? 20, Everything's like a the blur 17 right in now. a row. Yeah, the 17 in a row. I mean, that was like unheard of. It was crazy. Yeah. So. I, and you can't always rely on a miracle, I feel like, happening that late in the second half of the season. Right. Let's get to some mic drops. Mike is with us on 101 ESPN. Jordan Walker is a future. There is no point of putting him back in AAA to work on things, move him up, kind of like what you guys said. Get rid of Ali Marmol, <laughs> get rid of Mo, move them to the past. Let's move on. Get some pitching. Let's roll. I like the little giggle. <laughs> <laughs> move them to the past sounded a little threatening to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe I just took that wrong. I don't know. It's a little threatening. I don't know. We need to move them to the past. They're, they're, they can still be present. <laughs> Aaron is next on 101 ESPN. I'm okay with sending Walker down. If he's not getting the at-bats he needs, then he needs to go down to the minors. But I'm more mad that Mosellock shoved it down our face that he's the savior. He's the next Albert Pujols. He's the new... Blah, blah, blah. Just if he is, then he's got to play every day. I agree. I, I don't think that that is, is such a crazy thought. And that's why I'm saying this is not a true demotion. This isn't a real demotion. This isn't about Joram Walker. There There's more to this. It's figuring out who is going to be playing with Jordan Walker in June and July because they're figuring out that having this carousel and having this constant in and out of the lineup, some guys get like two, three days off. It's not panning out for the Cardinals right now. It's not panning out for their outfield and the rest of the team is suffering because of that too. So they got to figure out who the other guys are going to be with Jordan Walker. You just hate it for Jordan Walker. I hope that there's being a different message said to him, I guess is my question. Do you think that... I know that sometimes you just say things to the public and then you probably say something else behind closed doors. I think that he did everything that they wanted from him. I think it was a very clear message. They wanted his bat. They wanted his offense. They knew that defensively they were going to work with him on that. And I hope that he understands that this isn't necessarily about him. I I I am this is paining me to an extent. And and I hope that what you said Randy and what some of the texters have said is not what it is and it's not about service time because that's not in the true spirit of uh, it's it's not right and the Major League Baseball's Player Association is the best players association of all of the the four major sports. Yep. Without a doubt, they are football is probably NFL has got to be last because we just got too many people and we can't come together on anything. The fact that this is still in and teams can do this and still get the benefit of it, Major League Baseball Players Association should look at that and not allow for a player to be sent down so that the team can gain another year of service time, which is also why you see players 
going for it all when they get a chance at free agency because yeah, pay me four hundred million or let me go somewhere else that where they will because these types of things are not true to the spirit of of what should be taking place. And here's the way I read it. Number one. Get you a fall guy. Absolutely. (laughs) But the other part of this that I see, guys, is the Cardinals have an exceptional talent, right? But we also know that they're hung up on analytics. And what did Ali Marmol say? He said, we want to get more lift and we want him to take more walks. We, we Essentially what he told me is, we want a three true outcome guy. We want to remain in baseball 2022 and the 10 years before rather than 2023 and what's happening in the future. We don't want a guy that utilizes athleticism and hits line drives to play baseball in the future. We still want that guy, and we're going to make adjustments. We're, we're making adjustments to his mechanics, he said, so that we can get him to get the ball in the air more and walk more. Randy, who's the best hitter of all time? Who are the best two or three hitters of all time? Sam Musial is right there. Henry okay. Aaron is right there. Pete Rose. Pete Rose has more hits than anybody, yeah. Uh, Tony Gwynn was a really Tony good Tony Gwynn hitter. was a fantastic hitter. Ty Cobb. Were they hitting the ball over the fence type? I mean, Hank Aaron, yes. But for the but most he was part, hitting line drives. They, they hit line drives. Hitting the ball hard. Yeah. Hitting it where they ain't. Yeah. Generally leads to some sort of success. Albert said throughout his career, I'm not a home run hitter. He was trying to hit line drives. Mm-hmm. And if you're a good hitter, the ball is going to leave the ballpark to the tune of 703 home runs. Uh, is Aaron next or is Glenn? Aaron uh, Glenn did, is I a just football player. We just yeah. did Aaron? Aaron Glenn. Aaron oh, Glenn Aaron is Glenn. a football there, player. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, I'm going to be honest. I like the demotion of Jordan Walker because, A, this team is having zero fun. Uh, B, I don't want to ruin him and like get him down on himself like I think the rest of this team really is. I know they keep saying, you know, vibes are positive, they're going to turn around, but I mean, losing's not fun. When you're not having fun, you're not going to play well most of the time. That's a good point. And we brought that up last night. I don't know if we brought it up on the show, but you said it. Yeah, the, yeah. the culture. And Doug Armstrong said one of the reasons that he didn't want to bring up some young guys from Springfield this year was because. Their team was playing well, and the culture was good, and they pr- were playing the game the right way, and the, the Blues were not playing the game the right way. And the Cardinals clearly, over the course of the last week, are not playing the game the right way, and as Glenn said, they are not having fun. Yes, and I, and I can understand not wanting a rookie to kind of absorb that. I mean, you can learn a lot of lessons from losing. You can, but at this point, there's no reason to have him, I think, I, I do agree with around seeing all this. And at the same time, too, you got to sift out whatever is going on in the outfield. Somebody also texted him from the 314 that Jordan Walker is on pace for like a negative war this season. It is not about defense at this point, because if it was about defense, Dylan Carlson would be your center fielder. Lars Newtbar would be in right field. Tyler O'Neill would be in left field. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're not doing that. They're not trotting that lineup out there every single day. So what is it about is my question that you think personally? I, I really do. I don't think that Ali was lying. I think they're, they're dissatisfied with his mechanics and they want a different player than what they have. Let me, let me ask you all this question. Is there a possibility that this just isn't a good team? Yes. <laughs> like, is, and, that, is that a, like we have, we, we talked about the pitching staff. Steven Matz is not the Steven Matz from spring training. He's the Steven Matz from 2022 that I saw that I didn't think was warranted a, a four-year, $44 million contract. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Montgomery is a horse. He's going to do what he needs to do. Jack Flaherty is a horse. Miles Michaelis hasn't quite 
you know, shown you consistently. But but we feel like it's going to get there. Wayne Wright hasn't pitched yet. We hope that that comes around. But is it possible that this just isn't a good ball club? It's a talented team. Now, it's possible that they aren't a good ball club. But if they're talented and they are performing up to the level that their historical talent has indicated, then there are other issues, right? If you if, if you have good players, but you aren't playing well, yes, there, there are other issues. Randy, let me tell you something. You know who's very talented? Deion Sanders. But I couldn't play him at left tackle. He's, he's, no. he, so it's about putting people in the right positions well, to be to maximize their talent in the right spots in the lineup, in the right spots in the field. And that's when your talent shows on the field with the with 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 production. We spent the first part, the fall of 2018, talking about how bad the Blues were. And then they made a coaching change and it turned out that they weren't a bad team. They were a talented team that just wasn't playing well. Yeah, I I think that, and I brought this up earlier in the week, there's no clear identity of this team. And you can't just kind of, you know, stumble through the season without some sort of identity. I know that it sounds cheesy, but what is the identity of this team right now? If you, if you guys could pick, what is the clear identity of this team right now? I, that's the problem. It, 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 that's You don't know who... I know I have Paul Goldschmidt who is going to hit the crap out of the ball and play stellar first base. I know Go, uh, uh, Nolan Arenado is going, he's going through a struggle. He's struggling right now, but I know he's going to do fantastic in the field and still field his position better than every other third baseman in the league. I know Wilson Contreras has the ability to be very, very good at the plate, and I don't think he's done poorly behind the plate in, in calling games. Other than that, I don't know who this team is. I don't know what this team is. I don't know who's going to be batting where. I don't know if 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 Nolan Gorman is going to be batting third or if he's going to be batting sixth or seventh. I don't know. And 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 if I don't know, I'm, they probably don't know either. Well, and that's what I'm saying. As a player, you've been on many different teams. Where does the identity come from? I know that you as a player, you have your specific talents. You, have, you know what you're capable of. But as a team, the many different teams you've been on, where does that identity come from? Does that come from the top down of what they want specifically out of this group? Everybody has a role on a team. You got your your, your superstars, and then you got your role guys. Shaq calls them the others. I've been an other for my NFL career. I was one of the guys in college, but NFL, I was an other. And so you have your stars. Everybody knows, you know, where they're going to be, what they what is expected of them, and how they are to perform or to, in order to win. And everybody has their complementary parts that they have to play in order to be successful. And right now, this is not it's 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 all over the place. It's disjointed. Mm-hmm. No one has a role that they are sticking to or or comfortable in and, and having success in. That is Carrie, that is Brooke, and that is our rush hour reset here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, gonna talk some blues hockey with Jeremy Rutherford, our blues insider from the Athletic. He's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Jeremy Rutherford on the Celebrity Line. Why'd the Blues send down Jake Neighbors? 
<laughs> I don't think there was this much outrage uh, when it did happen with Jake <laughs> Well, Jeremy, I, I will pivot now to NHL playoffs. Um, Ryan O'Reilly's doing pretty well for the Maple Leafs, and I think that's nice. Of course, I like to see him succeed. He got the Gordie Howe hat trick the other day. But also, in the back of the mind, it kind of concerns me a little bit because then I know that that possibly means that it's going to be harder to bring him back to the Blues. Is that a correct assessment? Yeah, Brooke, I think uh, you're probably looking at it right there. It's still a small window chance that uh, he could be back, but wow, is he playing well. And I think that everybody thought that he would. I felt like he was the perfect fit for Toronto. It wasn't a great season for him here, uh, but I think you plug him into that lineup with a lot of young superstars who just haven't been able to figure it out in the playoffs and let him kind of show the way. And what does he do? Go and scores the game-tying goal with a minute left to help win that game a couple nights ago. And now they're up on Tampa Bay with a chance to uh, close it out. So he's been perfect for that team. And is he driving up his price to the point where the Blues won't be able to afford him. Uh, I think, you know, you look at what he could cost. I think no matter what, it's going to be in the four and a half, five million dollar range. Could he, you know, raise it a little bit if uh, if he continues to have a great playoff, say they win the Stanley Cup and, and teams around the league want to pay him that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think if he does come back to St. Louis, it's going to have to be in that four to four and a half million dollar range. Well, and just what are your thoughts on the Maple Leafs and what are they doing, what they're doing right now? Do you think they'll be able to make it out of this first round? Obviously, the odds are in their favor. Yeah, and they've been outplayed a lot by Tampa Bay in this series, but they've had that moxie that you need to win this time of year, and I think that's part what Ryan O'Reilly brings, uh, Brooke. You look at that team, it just seems like they've had so much pressure on them uh, in recent years and then just had catastrophic losses in the playoffs, which just continues to – uh, give them that reputation that they can't get the job done. But things seem to be a little bit different for them uh, this year. They're coming back in games, and they're showing a lot of strength. And look, big picture, all the teams that we've seen win a Stanley Cup in the last however many years had to go through that. Tampa went through it. You saw the Blues go through it. Uh, and now you've seen Toronto go through it. And it looks like they've uh, gained and uh, increased you know, their reputation because of it. JR, you, uh, we talked to you last week when you put out your grades for the forwards. You put out the grades for the defenseman, GM, and, and head coach. And so I, I, I want to ask you about how, when you're making those decisions and, and you give you know, the GM and the, the, the head coach the grades that you give them, what, is, what goes into that? And is there, any, is there ever any pushback uh, from those people about how they, how they felt your grading system works? Yeah, let's start it off by saying not fun, not fun. <laughs> you know, when, when you're doing that, um, it is difficult. Uh, you look back at last year's uh, report card, and I gave uh, Doug Armstrong and Craig Bruby both an A+. Uh, you know, what they did uh, the, with the roster and, and uh, getting past Minnesota and, and really taking Colorado to a great series, uh, even though it was a shorter one, you know, I think spoke well to the work that they did last year. This year, we're talking about a 28 point uh, decrease in points in the standings and I think that you know somebody takes the fall for that and I think organizationally everybody should uh, you know some of the players you look at Jordan Cairo he scores 37 goals but I give him a B minus just because of you know individual play so on and so forth you look at the defense uh, the defense was uh, just terrible this past year so you look at Tory Krug F you look at Colton Pareko Nick Letty D minus. Uh, I think, you know, that's warranted for the way that the defense played this year. Then you get to the coach and the general manager. 
Look, I think Craig Berube did a really good job with what he had this year in terms of uh, the roster. It just seems like it didn't come together. But it's it's his job to find the scheme, to find the X's and O's, to pull the players together when they're trying to pull apart and to get this team into the playoffs. And so I think if you look at what he did and what his grade should be, you know, I think a D was fair for Craig Ruby. Now, a lot of people are going to disagree with that and say, you know, he did the best he could with what he had to work with. I just think you have to look at the season as a whole, how it unfolded. We're talking about assistant coaches getting fired at the end, and that's what I think. And, and in terms of the general manager, look, it was a great trade deadline for Doug Armstrong, the work that he put into the trade deadline, but that's kind of cleaning up the situation that uh, happened, transpired, because of the moves that he made. There would have been a lot more flexibility to do things earlier in the season, maybe to try to fix things, maybe to make a big trade, if it weren't for those long-term contracts that continue to haunt this team right now. Jeremy Rutherford Rutherford with us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. We have some very smart listeners here on the show. You have some very smart readers at The Athletic, none smarter than Ken V. (laughs) How about that guy? It's incredible. So uh, the backstory on that is that uh, our bosses, our editors at The Athletic, ask us to do bold predictions at the beginning of every single season. And so the past few years, I've done that myself. Well, this past year, so we're going back to October, Randy, I said, well, how about I turn it over to the readers and let them make their bold predictions? And there were a lot of bold ones. Uh, Jordan Bennington gets uh, Vesna votes and is a top three Vesna goalie finalist. Uh, also had Pavel Buchnevich, 40 goals, not out of the realm of possibility, but still a lot. Uh, but Ken V, who you reference. He actually made the bold prediction that the Blues will end the season and they will have three first-round draft picks <laughs> and and their own will be in the top ten, which, oh, by the way, it wound up being the top ten before we head into the draft lottery on May 8th. So, Ken V, how about that? You go back to October and he predicted that the Blues would be in this situation. So, shout-out to him. And I think we're going to do some uh, – Blues off-season bold predictions from the readers coming up, and we're going to see if Ken V can kind of co-host that and uh, give some response to some of the reader predictions. Nice. And you're going to join me on the 101 on Sports on Sunday night on Fox 2 at 11 o'clock, and uh, we already recorded that show. And uh, it's always good to get great information from you, Jeremy Rutherford. Thanks so much for the time today, and we'll be watching on Sunday night. Sounds good. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, guys. And great show. Always listen. And uh, look forward to talking to you next week. You bet. Take care. That's our buddy Jeremy Rutherford on 101 ESPN. And again, the 101 on sports every Sunday night at 11 on the Two Fox. Coming up, questions about the Cardinals. And we not only have the questions, but we have answers on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It was a complicated little puzzle to put together, but at the end of the day, he's just, he's ready. Physically, mentally, maturity-wise, he's 20 years old uh, on the calendar, but that's like the only place he has like a 20-year-old. We're we're taking a risk. We're taking a a 20-year-old kid from double-A straight to the big leagues, right? There's clearly that's, there's some risk there. And knowing that we are all 100% comfortable that he's going to be fine if he goes you know oh for the first weekend or oh for whatever or if he struggles a little bit out of the gate or or if he starts out great and then goes to a slump in may or whatever. like he's just he is much more mature than your average 20 year old that just <laughs> happened 
Some truth there. That is the oh, uh, Cardinal Lord. General Manager Michael Gershon opening day of this season. He said May, not April. So there you go. It's true. He did. 28 days May. ago. It's not 20, May yet. 28 days ago. Four weeks ago was opening day. Not May yet. It's still April. So he, he gave himself a little wiggle room. Yeah. I yeah. guess. So <laughs> that's, that's, that was so, that aged so poorly. It sure so did. So poorly. So let's go through this. Why, at the end of the day, and we'll be quick here, Brooke, Kerry, Randy, why do you think the Cardinals sent him down? Brooke, you go first. I think that they sent him down personally. I don't think that it has anything to do with his play necessarily. And I know that they said that it has to do with his swing and they're going to look at some mechanical things. I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it has more to do with what Moselog also said, which is this whole outfield competition and carousel. They need to figure out by June and July when we will likely see Jordan Walker again, who will be the other guys in the outfield with him. Because obviously putting guys in and out of the lineup, and they and he even said that guys couldn't figure out what their role is. To me, I didn't also like that phrasing because that shows that there's not a clear message. The There's something, there's a miscommunication going on there, and it's just not working. It has no, This demotion really has nothing to do with Jordan Walker because if it's about numbers or things like that, then you could point to a lot of guys that you could say deserve to be demoted. This is more about they need to figure out the rest of this outfield with Jordan Walker later on. CD. I don't know why they sent them down because it makes no sense to me. It, it, it I, that you want him to hit the ball higher, I guess. That you mm-hmm. want him to. He's hitting the ball hard. His mm-hmm. exit velocity is is has been pretty good. But you want him to hit it higher. You want him to drive it into the gaps. He hit a double into the gap a couple of games ago, and and then he didn't play the next three games. So I don't know. I have no clue. I don't. For me, if you want to win. Generally, and I've, I've been I've been watching sports a long time. Mm-hmm. I read a book about sports, so I, I know these things, mm-hmm. Randy. Mm-hmm. If you want to win, you put your best players in. Yep. You don't send them down to another team, or 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 or, or cut them, or bench them, or none of that. You 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 let them play. I don't think that Ali Marmol was lying to us. I think the Cardinals. It doesn't matter how a player is succeeding. The Cardinals want him to play the way that they want him to play. Remember last year, they were upset with Jake Woodford because of the way his slider was. He was performing well, but they didn't like the slider. I remember Stephen Piscotty. They didn't like the way Stephen Piscotty swung the bat. He was a really good player. Then they messed around with his mechanics, and he went downhill, and they they wound up trading him. Same thing happened with Colton Wong. They sent Colton Wong down to, to change his mechanics. I think that the Cardinals want players to play their way and it doesn't matter if the player is performing if the player is performing well and it's not the way they the style with which they want him to perform we want more lift we want him to increase his walk rate then they're going to get rid of him and until he changes to the way they want him to be when you are around sports long enough you see that some people do things that are awkward or, or not the normal way, but they still have success. And so Philip Rivers probably doesn't have the typical throwing motion for, for what you would expect from a quarterback, but he's going to be a Hall of Famer. So I'm sure somewhere along the way, some some guru said, we got to fix your throwing motion. And somebody was smart enough to say, hey, leave this young man alone. He's going to be just fine. There are some people that no matter how you try to tinker with it, make it better, oh, it looks like this, it should look like this, that's how they are built, that's how they understand it, that's how their mind works, and that's the way that they can get it done to the best of their ability. And when you start tinkering with things, you start sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes you can mess things up. 
like I, what happened with Dylan Carlson. Somehow yeah. he's fallen out of favor. Remember how high that they were on him. What was the quote that John Moseluk said when it came to a potential trade with Dylan Carlson? We'll what was trade it? trade him and you somebody will get him out of my cold. Yeah, you'll have to pry him out of my cold dead hands. By the way, I'll just hold my phone up for you guys. Uh, this guy would not fit in with what the Cardinals, with, with the, the look and the style with which the Cardinals want their hitters nah, to hit. He's pretty good, though. It was a, it, That's well, a goofy-looking swing. Who's, whose swing is that, Randy? Yeah, he's a Cardinal that wore number six. He's pretty, he's pretty <laughs> good. Six. He's on the wall think, out there. He did and well. got, a, yeah. got a statue. But you know what? Probably didn't get enough lift. Did they trade Rolio? <laughs> probably didn't get enough oh, lift. Oh, six, yeah. my bad. Yeah, didn't get enough uh, lift for them, so uh, they would have sent him up. This is that that's the maddening part for me. I, I and it's just, you know, tinkering, trying to make things perfect. A hunt, it, it, it's never going to be 100% perfect. You're never going to find a batter that is going to be 100% of of what you want them to be or a fielder. You have to accept the flaws, teach them how to make things better, but if you're hitting the ball and having success, what more do you want? Good this, question. And this is what I'm saying. This is why I don't think that it is necessary. I'm sure that there's a, a tad, there's always a little bit of truth and stuff, right? Yeah. And I by think the way, there we were working with truth. him at the major league level for the last four days when he wasn't playing, right? Thank you. Yeah. So there, there is a little bit of truth to maybe there's some things that they want him to work on. But I think something personally I just feel is even more true is they're trying to figure out what is going on with this outfield, who is staying, who is going. It is now or never. All right, you you throw out the excuse that you're competing for at bats, you're competing for playing time. You have one less guy in that competition. Now you're really going to be shown and displayed out there. What do you got? Because we're making some decisions here soon. Jordan Walker is going to be a part of this team. He's going to be here in June and July. The rest of the guys out there, Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, Alec Burleson, and even Lars Newtbar, what are you going to show me that says that you can continue to stay and have a job here moving forward? Because it's just not its not panning out like they were hoping to. And I think the Cardinals, I mentioned this earlier, don't want to make another mistake with the outfield. They want to make sure they're evaluating this properly. Because look, guess what? You have Randy Arozarena and Adolis Garcia doing really well for other teams. And I think that we all see it on social media where fans point that out, where you just let those players get away and there's a several other guys as well that you can point to too i think that they're afraid of making another mistake like that and one other quick point and another question and i'll answer first do you have faith in the cardinal leadership right now to get the most out of these players two years ago mike schiltz the manager and uh, uh tyler o'neill has a 9 12 ops and it's 34 home runs two years ago mike schiltz is the manager dylan carlson is third in nationally uh, nationally rookie of the year voting Arenado, Goldie are what they are. And we, Tommy Edmond played his best baseball with Mike Schilt helping to develop him at the major league level. If Mike Schilt was the manager, I would feel okay about the Cardinals' ability to develop and have young players ascend. I do not have faith right now, based on what I've seen, and this is a small sample size, last year and this, I don't have a, a ton of faith in the Cardinals' ability to get the most out of the talent that they clearly have on hand. Can I ask a question? What mm-hmm. what player have they tinkered with? I got air quotes. Tinkered with their, their swing and they got better because of it. That's a great question. I don't know. 
Because if if it hasn't happened, then why the hell do you keep doing mm-hmm. it? Yeah. I mean, Kobe Rasmus was they they tried to tinker with him and how he handled his business. That didn't that didn't go over too well, did it? And his dad was a problem there because he had conflicting thought well, process, well, processes. Well, if, if 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 I have done something, uh, take you back to what I said with Philip Rivers. If I've done something my entire life, mm-hmm. it got me here. I've had success doing it. Why do you need me to tinker with anything to be what you consider better? Well, and I'm going to bring up a name that is almost like Voldemort around here in St. Louis, but Jeff Albert. So Paul Goldschmidt actually gave a lot of credit to Jeff Albert, Albert for helping him with his swing, his approach to the play, all that kind of stuff. When he was giving out his kind of shout outs for MVP, for his MVP award, Jeff Albert was a name that he mentioned. He also mentioned that he went down to that Marucci campus mm-hmm. and he got that bat, you know, that they do where they kind of like put you through and put all the different things on you and try to figure out the right bat and swing and all that stuff. I, it, It's just, it's interesting because to your point, CD, there's not many guys that you could probably say that they would be like, yeah, no, that my swing did well. get better. Yep. Yeah. Paul DeYoung. Oh, oh. Andrew Kisner. Mm. Ben Herrera? Keep waiting. You can keep going. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'll stop you when you hit 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 one on the head. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I think I think uh, Paul Goldschmidt was a pretty good hitter before he got here. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think some... some... It's a great question. It's a great <laughs> so question. Why do you keep bothering people, man? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what are you know. gaining from this? <laughs> well, it's, there must be some ego involved there, right? It's got to be... It's, it's, Randy, it's it's generally ego driven because people want to be able to be the one to say, "I did that. Mm-hmm. I helped him with that." No, God did yeah. that. You had nothing to do with it. You just you happened to be in the way. Yeah, right. Move out of the way and let greatness do what greatness does. Greatness don't need help. It, it, it's great. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Yep. Move out of the way and don't prevent it from being great. And by the one thing that we haven't hit on today, I wonder how Jordan Walker feels about this. I, I would, would love, love. Oh yeah. <laughs> we would love oh to know. Yeah. I would love I would to know love. that. Well, and that's why I said earlier. Do you think that he's being told a different message Might than be. maybe that's being put out in the public? And which I would honestly be fine with because I don't want him. The last thing I want because what did we keep saying early in the season? His poise. You even heard mm-hmm. Gersh said it. He's not like most twenty-year-olds. The last thing I want him to do is to get into his head about this. Yeah. Right. About his swing, about his mechanics, that he wasn't doing something good enough. I hope that they are at least giving him somewhat of a different message than that. Exactly. Hey, you can join me tomorrow at Sidon Stricker Nobi from 11 to 1. It's their Valley Park tent sale. You can get $1,000 off the purchase of a compact tractor or use a $1,000 coupon to purchase in-stock attachments for your tractor. Plus, compact tractors at the event will be available for 0% APR for 60 months. Check it all out tomorrow, 11 to 1, at the Sidon Stricker Nobi tent sale located at 108 Merrimack Valley Plaza in Valley Park. I'll be there with the 101 ESPN Street Team. You can learn more at 101ESPN.com. Side and Stricker Noby, Valley Park tomorrow. Me, 11 to 1. Hope to see you there. Coming up, we've got rock and roll as we head down the stretch of this edition of the opening drive on 101 ESPN. I've started to lose faith in the Cardinals and their ability to just kind of run this system how it should be. They lost the Cardinal way when Jeff Albers showed up. And this is more of the same. Mo, this season is not going to go the way you think it is. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. 
Let's rock. Let's rock today. Time for rock and roll, and here is Matthew Rocchio. I am going to have us change pace a little bit because uh, last night there were some impressive games in some other sports. Obviously, the NBA playoffs were fascinating. Jimmy Butler went off in one of the most impressive games I've I've ever seen. Uh, the Carries Golden State Warriors have taken the lead in a series, and they were down 2-0 at some point. They now have to play a game away from home, so we'll see how that goes. Stop your dancing, no, CD. No, they play at home. They played <laughs> last night on the road. Oh, that's true. It was last night. Sorry, it was 2-2-1-1-1. My bad. Yes, sir. I, I forget the uh, I blank oh, yeah. on the format. So they finally won one away. But the big takeaway had to be the Heat winning and beating the, the Milwaukee Bucks in five games. That was shocking. Giannis Adetokounmpo, former MVP, leader of the Bucks, took to the podium in the postgame, and he was asked by a reporter, do you consider this season a failure? Uh, some context here into the quote. The, the reporter asked Giannis the same question last year, and here was a chunk of his answer. There's always steps to it. Michael Jordan played 15 years. Won six championship. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you're telling me. No, I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? Okay, exactly. So why are you asking me that question? It's a wrong question. There's no failure in sports. You know, there's good days, bad days. Some days, some days you are able to uh, be successful. Some days you're not. Some days it's your turn. Some days it's not your turn. And that's what sports is about. You don't always win. Some other other people's gonna win. And this year somebody else is gonna win. Similar as that, we're going to come back next year, try to be better, try to build good habits, try to um, play better, not have a 10-day stretch with uh, playing bad basketball, you know, and hopefully we can win a championship. Kerry Davis, your thoughts on, on Giannis's comments, not only about Michael Jordan, but I also wanted to hear your thoughts specifically on there is no failure in sports. Um, I think that's a man that is frustrated after just losing – a first round series to an eighth seed and they were the number one seed and everyone picked for the most part picked them or the Celtics to come out of the East. I think it's just frustration and he's um you know he, he's he's lashing out as, as much as he felt like he could in that moment without going overboard because you say he caught himself. He he did want to go a little there bit. There was further. an earlier point where he yeah. was talking about he he was talking to the, the uh reporter and he asked him, you know, do you get a raise every yeah. year? And on the years where you don't get a raise, is that is that a failure? And then I think he was gonna say, you know, have you ever won a championship yeah. before? And he caught himself and was like, you know, when you win a championship, yes. he kinda couched it. He 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 uh I mean it's hard. That's hard. You know, having to answer questions you haven't even fully processed yourself what took place, and so it's kind of defensive, it's kind of reactive, and he's just frustrated. He, he's a Giannis is going to be fine, and, and it's just a frustrating situation to lose to an eighth seed and watch Jimmy Butler, a.k.a. Jimmy Buckets, mm-hmm. go off for 56 and then 42. Himothy Butler is also what people are calling him. Himothy. Your thought... You, I, I liked the the comments right out of the gate. You know, what, Did Michael Jordan fail those other nine seasons? You would like that. I don't, don't understand why the <laughs> comment was there. And I also just think that this is an interesting comment, you know, conversation to have right now when, we, when we're talking about everything we've talked about with the Cardinals today mm-hmm. and, and failure and things like that. And I think it's interesting that, that Giannis points out, and later on he pointed out how, you know, have the 50 years of the Bucks franchise before he won a championship, was every 50, well, all those 50 years a failure for this franchise because they didn't win a championship from 71 to 2022 or 2021? Were those all 50 years of failure? And I just think it's a good perspective. I know the hardcore people say, you're going to bring up Michael Jordan, you better talk about winning. But the hardcore perspective of how do 
approach winning in sports? I, I thought it was a fantastic you can, move. You can, I think to, to answer that question, Giannis, he's not going to say it, but yeah, it was a failure. You lost in the first round to an eighth seed. That's a failure on your part. Now, he got hurt, hurt his back, fell hard, big man fall down. He missed some time and was unable to play, but yes, the short answer, yes, it was a failure. We lost to the eighth seed that had to play two games in the play-in tournament. And we lost at home a couple of times. Yes. Is it a disappointment when you... Uh, w- w- yes, it is. It, uh, uh, you, you failed to win the series. So, yes, that that's a failure. But if you're the number one seed, is your season a, f- a failure or a disappointment? Uh, if you lose to an eighth seed, that's a failure. It went when the Mavs lost and and Dirk was the MVP. Mm-hmm. So what's the how can you not have a failure then? You got to be in the conference finals. If you're the number one seed of a of a conference, mm-hmm. you got to at least be in conference finals. That's a that that is. I mean, you you you've worked and played all season long, and and Giannis is going to finish top three in MVP voting. You played all season long to become the number one seed, and then you lose to an eighth seed that had to fight, scratch, claw their way into the playoffs, and you couldn't stop Jimmy Butler. Yeah, you failed this season. I don't. I, I mean, if you don't make it to at least the conference finals mm-hmm. and and ideally a championship game, championship finals, yeah, you, so you didn't take care of your business. Miami being a play-in team then is not a failure. No. They're not a failure at so all. So even though they were of, horrific during the regular season. Their season no, because it's about how you finish. It's it, 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 if Randy, the goal of, of of sports is to play is to win your last game. Mm-hmm. If you win your last game and you're in the playoffs, obviously, then you're 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 having a successful season. So then if, everybody fails. Everybody if, fails except for the champions. Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, unless you are a team like the Kings, if the Kings make it, I don't think this is a failure if the Kings lose in the first round to the to the Warriors because seed. of where they, but because of where they came from and they're playing against championship, uh, the defending champions. They are they are a team that is basically came out of nowhere. They tra- they changed their team around in in a year and and became a much better team. Got coach of the year, got clutch player of the year. You got all stars. They have change their season. If they lose in the first round, that's not a failure of a season for them. This is why Cardinal fans are like they are. Because if they don't win the World Series every single year, they feel like well, it's a failure. They, they, they are. I don't think you, you, you're you irrational if you think you're going to win a championship every single year. It's not the 70s. It's not the, the steel curtain. You got free agency. You got guys getting paid. You got guys. It's too much movement now to win every single year. Now, should you be a 90-plus win team every year? Sure. Should you be in contention to make a run in the playoffs? Yes. Should you be ousted in the first uh, in the wild card round? No. Not if you not if you have an opportunity to win. That's what so I'm saying. There's I think the frustration. At least just getting past the first round, I think, yeah. would be a step in the right direction. Yeah. And, and Fair enough. Yeah. And the Cardinals do that historically more than most. When's the last time they played in the NLCS? 2018 or 19 against Washington? Eight, 19. 18. Nine, Was it 18? Yeah, eight. Whatever. <laughs> 18 or 19? Yeah. Should have been a tribute. Yeah, Washington won in eight in 19. No, yeah. they, uh, they lost the. the uh, they, they got swept in the 2019 NLCS. 2019. Yeah. So, when was the last time before that? Uh, they were in the 2014 NLCS. Yeah. Okay. And the 2013, and the 2012, and the 2011. Championships, championship games. NLCS, NLDS, like I think that's the. There are certain franchises that the bar is set high, and mm-hmm. and that's the expectation. 
the 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 standard is the standard. If you are are a Pittsburgh Steeler, you are expected they they have the same issue. They're expected to win the Super Bowl every mm-hmm. year because they got six of them. You know, tied with with only the New England Patriots. That's the expectation. The New England Patriots have a had an expectation to be in a championship game every year because they were in it. Seemed like nine, 18 times. I don't know how many times Tom Brady played in a championship game. Too many. The, way too many. But yeah. that's the expectation. And, and you know, with, with with it's just what you are expected to do. It's a great conversation. We had a text here that said, failure is when you don't meet reasonable expectations from the start of the season. Well, a lot I of remember, things happen well, in, a, in, uh, in a sports season. And, and I remember the Rams going 14-2 and two and going to the Super Bowl and losing on a game-winning field goal by Adam Vinatieri. And Grant Wistrom was crying. And said, "Man, this season's a failure." And I'm thinking, "Jesus, That's, you know what? <laughs> Three years ago, this franchise went four and twelve. Right. You know, it's, it, it, uh, give me a fa- give me being tied in the last minute of the Super Bowl every year. I'll take uh, my chances. No question. I don't think that that's a failure. That's just a, a, a in a moment. He's just you know, you're crying. You're, you're, you're trying to yeah. process that. Like yeah. it's it's not a failure when you go back and look at the 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 whole the season in its entirety." You had a hell of a year. Yeah. You just didn't finish and win the ultimate goal. Yep. Great job today by our producer engineer, the one, the only Matthew Rocky. Thank you, sir. Pleasure. Brooke, this was fun. This was. Was it really? Yeah. This was, this was fun today. <laughs> I, I just, I just <laughs> wish, I wish we had something positive to talk about. Which sure. I said earlier, I think maybe the only positive was that we're not exactly that worrying about starting pitching. <laughs> Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Everything that's wonderful is what I feel when we're together. The Cardinals get to play again today. Do they win? Uh, no. <laughs> is that supposed to be good news? <laughs> no. no. But they get a chance. You're, you're, you're positive that they won't win today. There you go. Yeah. By the way, thank you to the uh, listeners today. Over 40, mi- awesome. forty microbes. That was impressive. We love you. you guys are awesome. Thank you. I pulled bears. <laughs> and we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us. Until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great Friday Eve, everyone. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.